Happy New Year's, humans. 2K16. Crazy. Thinking about it, man. Time's flying in a good way. It's tripping me out, man. Uh, with the new year, we have a new sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Narragansett Beer. couple cool facts I know about Narragansett Beer. One is, if you've ever seen Jaws, Narragansett Beer is the beer they're drinking in that movie. That's pretty epic in itself. Fucking Jaws. Uh, also... One I just learned, actually, the early Narragansett ads, they were designed by Dr. Seuss in the 1930s. I googled that one, looked it up. Uh, I'm actually going to post that on my Instagram, at Anthony Shetler. I'm going to find that image of the first early ads by Dr. Seuss, and I'll post it up there so you guys can check it out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Narragansett, personally, I drink it. I enjoy it. It's really good. They, we actually did a collab deck with All I Need back in the day. They've supported All I Need and everything we've done with our skateboarding. They actually sponsored our New England Am after party, which was epic at No Problemo. So, yeah, you can check everything out at NarragansettBeer.com. And then if you want to follow them on social media, at Beer on Twitter and Instagram. So thank you, Narragansett Beer, for sponsoring the show. I love the Autocrat uh, collab they did. Oh my god, the coffee milk stout. So good. If you guys can find that, get your hands on it. Next up, we have All I Need Skateboards and Apparel. And we are actually having a 2016 online sale right now. So if you go to allineedskate.com, click on the store link at the top. It'll go to our webpage. And if you buy any of the apparel... Uh, we got tees for 12 bucks, ho- hoodies are 20 bucks, windbreakers are 20 bucks, and beanies are 12 dollars. There's limited sizes, not much left, so first come, first serve. Uh, check it all out, allineedskate.com, click on the store link, and you're good. And to everyone who has already taken advantage of our online store and cop some gear, your orders will go out next week. Thank you. Another cool thing about All I Need, we will have a booth at this year's Surf Expo. It's January 14th through the 16th in orlando florida at the convention center i will be there i'll be at the booth man i'm actually gonna be recording some shetler show episodes there uh right on the showroom floor i'm super excited if you guys are in the orlando florida area and you're going to the trade show come by check out the all i need booth and uh, maybe you could actually watch one of the podcasts live which would be rad our guest today is my good friend chris cerrone fellow skateboarder entrepreneur and podcaster thank you guys for making 2015 amazing I'm super excited for 2016. Going to be the best fucking year of our lives. This is the Shetland Show. Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make art. Make art. Make art. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah. Come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know? Sometimes you don't know, think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the street. Is the Kinkos rail, which was on shit every pro. It goes down that rail, but it was on like the cover of four and one, uh, like number sixteen or some shit. And we scoured that whole campus, like we went all the way through there. When I rode for Birdhouse, 
we would take trips to there and just try to film tricks uh, on certain spots there. It's a yeah. sick place. Is that where you went to school? No, no, no. It's a college. I never went to college. Oh, shit. <laughs> we used to go there just to skate and get kicked out. In fact, um, someone somehow, somewhere, which boggles my mind today, because this is pre-internet, pre-cell phone, pre-everything. Like, it's just weird how everybody, like, connected back in the day. Yeah. Somehow, somewhere, some way, somebody was like, yo, Chad Muska and Jamie Thomas are at UNLV right now. And we're like, what the fuck? So, like, <laughs> hopped on the bus, went down there. Sure enough, they were there. Ended up skating with them for a couple hours in UNLV. Damn, they were just lurking and skating, and you just showed up, and it was just like, all right, now I get a session with these heroes. Yeah, and then we all went across the street because there's a 7-Eleven across the street. And I it, like I got a Slurpee knowing I didn't have enough money because I was going to ask my friend for money. And we walked up to the counter, and I, I did what I – like the scumbag move. I'm like, hey, you got 50 cents? And then, <laughs> Jamie Thomas comes, up, comes from behind, and he goes, I got all this. And he bought us all Slurpees and candies and shit. Damn, the chief. Dude, and we were like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, this is back, like, he was big back then, but he, he wasn't like the fucking, dude, he wasn't the boss. This was like 95, 96, we're talking about. Yeah, that was still oh, early. He hadn't, yeah. He was, he was killing it for sure, but. I think he was still on Toy Machine. Yeah, that's why. Around that time. Damn, you guys got lunch from the chief, gas station lunch from the chief. It's like you're yeah. on tour with them, and you guys, you paid for it at the gas station. <laughs> oh, dude, living in Vegas, and I mean, we could probably talk about this on the show, but living in Vegas, I got so lucky because so many pros would come through here. Yeah, and we would able, we'd be able to skate with all of them like it's like it's nothing, you know. Well, I I've already this thing's been recording, so we'll just <laughs> we'll officially start it anyways. All right. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about Vegas for sure, because I've been there. When I rode for Birdhouse, actually, Matt Ball was from Vegas, and my yep. buddy Sean Eaton spent a lot of time there, and uh, I believe Ragdoll, is he from Vegas? He's from Vegas, yeah. Yeah, there's something about that place. You guys breed a certain type of skater, like, kind of crazy, man, like, <laughs> wild. I guess because it's the city of sin, huh? Well, it's like... About freaking time, because growing up, like, we didn't have anybody. Yeah. We we had, like, the Anderson brothers and, like, Ryan Fabry and, like, those guys, which was maybe, uh I don't know, a couple years older than me. And then there was this big gap of nothingness. You had Chad Muska, but he kind of didn't count because, I mean, he's from here and Arizona at the same time because he bounced back a lot. And then he came up in Southern California. yeah. But right at, like, the end of the 90s and early 2000s, that's when you had, like, Anthony and, and Vinny and, like, all these other guys starting up. They called it, like, the Vegas Invasion or whatever. Yeah, Vinny. It was Vinny Vegas, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Has, has there always been a skate scene there? Like, it's always been popping off, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's it's small. I mean, Vegas, believe it or not, is a really small town. And it still is. Like... We have a couple million people here, but just the way Vegas is with tourism and the strip and all that, like it's still a very, very small town, you know? So Is that where you grew up? Born and raised. Really? I'm a unicorn man. There's not many like me up there. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking unicorn. I had no idea. 
Yeah. What? Yeah. All right. Well, that opens up a whole bag. Like, what was it like growing up in Vegas? Like, like, what your parents do? How do you? Did you know about all the seediness? How far away from you, the craziness were you? I still don't know about all the seediness because I'm like entrenched in it. Dude. It's all like. Like when you're when you grow up around it, you don't see it as negative until someone from the outside comes or moves here and they're like all tripping on it. And they're like, what? That goes on all the time. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. If you want like growing up, it's not like this anymore. But growing up, if you wanted. uh, Can you cuss on your show? If you if you wanted a a blowjob. Hell yeah. Some crack, a switchblade and maybe some like illegal fireworks. You went down to East Fremont Street. (laughs) And it was like that forever. And wow. even when they built the Fremont Street experience, it was still like that. I would say only in the past, I don't know, maybe five, six years, they really started cleaning that part of town up. Yeah. But I, I say that because, like, that's just, it's just known. Like, that's that's East Fremont. That's, that's like, whatever past the hood is, whatever level you go beyond hood, yeah. that's East Fremont, like super hood or something, you know? I got a question. I'm assuming you went to high school there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so is it like I'm trying to compare it to like like girls that grow up in Catholic Catholic school and they're just super slutty because they've been then so repressed and shit. Like in Vegas, I guess since it's so like known for sin and shit, how how is it in high school? Are the kids just like it's they're jaded? It's just like eh, whatever or what? I'll I'll say this in high school. Uh, half a ninth grade to about half of tenth grade, mid year for both. I moved to Colorado. I only lived there a year. Whereabouts? Uh, Springs. That's it. Colorado Springs, and which has some pretty good skate spots down there, by the way. Like I love Colorado, but when I moved there, I realized how advanced we are, or how advanced like Vegas is, as far as like everything, just drinking drugs sex even skating like we were way beyond everybody there like i i felt kind of like a not like a i was gonna say rock star more like a superhero because all these kids haven't experienced a lot of stuff even basic stuff taking the bus for example we would take the bus like it's nothing we would take public transportation like it's nothing out there it's like a major ordeal like i want i wanted to i Prior to going there, I, I connected with uh, a friend here who worked at a skate shop, and he told me about some shops out there so I can get connected with those guys. And he's telling me about Acacia Park and all these spots, and I get up there, and I start mentioning it to, to these kids, and they're like, oh, that's that's downtown. Like, we got to get a ride. Oh, oh. like We got to ask just, mom, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just hop, hop on a bus and go out there. And Whoa, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, like the difference between a city city life and, you know, uh, kind of out in the boonies a little bit. Big time. Yeah, that's that's always so funny. You're definitely a little more sheltered. When you're, when you're in a city, you're not. You're definitely exposed to craziness. Like every time – I mean, I live near Boston. It's a cleaner city. But where I lived actually – in new bedford it's a grimy little city so i was used to it but when i go to new york still it's like new york's the mecca and you get in there and you're just surrounded by all different types of culture and people and craziness and i've brought some of my friends that have never really experienced like a city like that and it's so overwhelming it's like the out into the wild it's kind of scary for people (laughs) it it shoots you up and spits you out yeah i feel like vegas is a bit like that because there's this got the stigmata and you have people coming in to that city all the time and it's kind of a mirage huh 
It, it absolutely is. And here's here's the thing with Vegas. Like, it not to compare us to New York, but like just the aura of like crazy town USA that we have gets to people and they come in with a preconceived I gotta go balls out and drink and go crazy and stay out multiple nights in a row and do all this crazy stuff and like the hangover the movie yeah and they do it and it 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 wears on you you know what I mean like it yeah. gets to you fuck yeah fuck yeah some of the dudes I know most of the dudes I know from Vegas are a little shady I love them don't get me wrong but they're used to Vegas, so they got a little shady side to them where I'm like, oh, that's a little strange. <laughs> our our bullshit meter is, like, off the scale when it comes to other people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people don't give Vegas Vegas folk uh, enough credit when it comes to that. And that's because we're dealing not only with the craziness of this town, but the assholes that come in to visit this town. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we know what it's like to deal with people from, all you know, New York, San Francisco, uh, Oklahoma, Germany, Japan, like we deal with all different kinds of people all over the world because they come here to to get to get crazy and fuck off, you know? Yeah, to get butt, get prostitutes, cocaine and gamble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. What did, what do your parents do? Or what did they do coming up? So, so growing up my dad owned a, a sporting goods store. Um What they which, sell? Skis and stuff? Wh- no, they sold everything like basketball, baseball, this other stuff. But what's cool is my dad was the first store, the first guy to bring vans wow. to Las Vegas back in the day when vans was first coming out. Wow, that's fucking sweet. And they had like a little – I was way too young to remember. But they had like a little section of the store where they sold boards and trucks and, and wheels and, and stuff like that, you know? And growing up, I used to joke because he eventually sold the store maybe when I was like in junior high or no, before actually. I'm like, man, if if he had the shop now, like I'd be sponsored. I'd have free free everything. (laughs) (laughs) But it was from your dad, so it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a gray area right there for sponsorship. (laughs) But uh, hey, it's free stuff, you know. What What was the name of the store, though? Four Seasons Sports. Not a bad name. Not a bad. You might. I, w- I wish he kept up with it because that was that was in the day when you still had mom and pop shops, and and that was the biggest store in Vegas. Like, we'll be in line. We were in line in a sporting goods store uh, maybe like a year or two ago, and this guy, neither one of us knew, recognized my dad, and he's like, "This sure ain't Four Seasons Sports, is it?" And like, they started talking because you know, if you're from Vegas, you remember the store. Yeah. And I and I was like, dude, if you would have held on to that and kept it, you could have turned it into like a big five or a sports authority or a Models or, or who knows, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially if people still remember it to this day, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it was like a community and people would have grown with it, hopefully. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, though. But yeah, my dad pretty much did that, and then he got into real estate, and that's he's still doing real estate, actually. That's right, man. What is your mom? Would she stay at home? She was a stay at home for a while, and then um, she ended up becoming a florist for a while, and then became a stay at home again for a while, and then now she's doing flowers again. <laughs> so what do you mean doing flowers? She's just like selling them, Ch- growing them. No, no, no. She worked for um, this this florist shop that my uncle owned. So she would make all these arrangements, and oh. actually, my first job ever was for the Fitzgerald Hotel. And we would, uh, you know, set up and tear down these these big parties on the twelfth floor, 
And my mom and her brother and some family members were responsible for making all the arrangements for these these bougie parties they used to have at the casino. Um, my job wasn't that. My job was basically going and clean and and do grunt work. But you know, when you're a kid, you know what I mean. It's it's pretty cool. Um. All right. Well, this is a good seg- segue. How how did you find skateboarding in Vegas? And your dad had the sporting goods. Like, did you ever play other sports first? I I played everything. Um. I played baseball for years. I played golf. I played basketball. I literally played everything. Skateboarding, I mean, it's 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 funny because in the '80s, in the early '80s, like I had the big old boards, and I remember when the the PAL video came out, and there was like this this blip on the radar in my life that I was like into skating more so, and like pushing around on my knee and doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I never really got into it. I think I just did because it was popular, and that's because what the kids were doing in my neighborhood, you know? Yeah, it probably looks sick as fucking. Yeah. But then fast forward, I'll never forget this. I was in the sixth grade, and my friend Josh had a board, and we were walking out of school. And I'm like, oh, oh, cool, he's got a board. And we're walking out, and you know how, like, the curb slopes down for like a like a wheelchair thing yeah like a and, curb cut kind of yeah yeah and you can you, you can like use it as a little bump yeah we're like saying bye he's like all right later and he drops the board and he does a vario flip off of it and rides away and i was just like that is like the coolest <laughs> fucking thing i've ever seen in my life it's like a magic trick it, i was just so taken with that i don't know like i don't know what it was the stars aligned that day yeah, being, I, being in Vegas too, that's rad that it blew your mind away. Because Vegas has got a lot of shockers like that, but a Vero flip takes the cake. Dude, and it, and it like looking back, it was probably the most disgusting thing ever. Who knows? <laughs> but it might like it was all sloppy, and it just basically rolled on the ground, and he landed. Like I don't know, but to me, that like completely changed the game. I want to say within that week or the next couple weeks, uh, I got a board, I got a blank, and. I've literally been skating ever since. I'm going to be 35. No, I'm 34. Yeah, I'll be 35 in a couple months. Damn, that's awesome. I've never stopped skating since. And it's funny we're talking about this because we were having a conversation, uh, Lacey and I and my parents and skate and actually my aunt, uncles, we were all here just uh, doing something. And skateboarding came up and I got on this soapbox and I was like, I owe everything to skateboarding. Like literally every last thing to skateboarding. Yeah. How I act, how I talk, how I think about things, how I view life, how I like literally everything. And I don't mean that in like a in a traditional sense, but like you you, you know me well enough. Like all my business stuff that I do and the entrepreneur stuff, whatever. Like I could I could connect the dots on skateboarding, almost everything. Like, I don't know another sport that could do that. I don't know another thing you could do that that could do that. I, I think it's because you bring up a fucking valid point here. I think it's because skateboarding is like a discipline and it's much more than a sport. It can be a sport, but it's not like in basketball, you have coaches and they kind of like direct you. So you become a good follower, a good listener, whatever. With skating, it's kind of like experimental and you got to figure it out. It's kind of an individual thing. And you can build all these great qualities that you can apply to fucking life or business or whatever. And it's like, it's so different than a normal sport because it's, you have to be, a, you have to think a little different than the average athlete, you know? It's, oh, it's, I don't even want to call it a sport. It's almost like a, like a way of life, really. Like when I think back, when I, 
started skating and I saw my friend Josh do that trick and, and just all throughout, you know, junior high and high school and getting really good and learning and all that, like, I think at the time I didn't know what I wanted as, as most kids do, right? Like, I, I had this feeling of not fitting in and I also had this feeling of I'm too fill in the blank for this person. So, like, I'm either too harsh or, you know, I got too bad of a potty mouth or... I, I, I'm too this, I'm too that. Like, I never could quite fit into this mold. Yeah. But then I found skateboarding. And then I felt like home. And everybody I met, all my skate friends, they felt like home. And I, I heard, I think it was the Steve Barrett interview that you did, where you guys were talking about how uh, it's such like a individual sport slash team sport at the same time. Like, it, like no other no other thing you could do where... Like you're on your own, it's an individual thing, but at the same time you're part of something that's bigger than yourself. Yeah, yeah, fully. You it's, know? The crazy thing about skating is like we're very inviting. The one thing that skateboarders have done is they safeguarded the fact that anybody can do it. Like it wasn't like in sports it's like you gotta get good grades to make the team or you gotta be athletic to get on off the bench, you know what I mean? To actually yeah. participate. Even in skating, it's like, it, there's no rules. Like, if you can contribute in any way, it doesn't have to just be physically. You could be, like, a filmer, or you could just be the homie with the hype and, like, bring all of that. So that's what I like about it is that it, everyone's involved. And so it, when that when it's like that, that means skateboarding can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. So if you're a bunch of dudes that like basketball, but you find out skating and you want to treat skating like a sport, then you can, like... People will be down for it. Like, you're invited. Get on the board and fucking be a jock. Yeah. Whatever. Or vice versa, you know? If you're, like, that quiet, like, dude that doesn't want to talk to anybody, you can be antisocial and skate in the corner. People, skateboarders will still try to say hi to you. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah, and they'll still have your back if someone messes with you, too. Yeah, it's much. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, def- it's like, no, that that quiet guy that we don't even know, he's with us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't fuck with him. Yeah, it's because you know, I think it's like when I see a skater and you know they really skate, you know they understand what it takes to like create a trick and put the work in and sweat and all the stuff it takes to actually to learn how to skate. And and you get it, you're instantly like, oh, we're kind of like-minded because you like the same things I like. You know, we could be completely different, but you like the same disciplines, you know, and it's fucking awesome. And not only that, like we, and of course I'm biased, right? And, and so are you, we're biased to skateboarding, but like <laughs> we were the original freaking United Nations, dude. Like, it don't matter if if you're black, white, freaking Mexican. Uh, I don't know if if anybody was transgender back in the day or gay or whatever, but like, or came out like if it was open as it is now. But like, it none of that mattered. If you had a skateboard in your hand and you're and you're trying a trick, like, you're welcome. Yeah. Like, you're welcomed here. Like, what's up, man? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely pushed the boundaries in that, like, broke down stereotypes. Like, we even had transgendered in the magazine before. The, like, everyone's talking about that shit now, you know? Like, transgender people trying to give them rights and stuff. Like, I'm trying to think back to the, was it a big brother? Where I think it was, uh, I don't remember her name. It was Hillary, maybe? But she had a whole interview in the cover yeah. of the magazine as a transgender skater, you know? And, uh, like, that's way ahead of its time, like crazy. Of course it was Big Brother, too. I loved I loved the original pre-Larry Flint Big Brother, dude. Oh, like, how could you not? It was wild. Talk about pushing the fucking boundaries. 
Yeah, that that I love that about skating. That's what scares that's what scares me about people trying to conform skating into a sport or like trying to make make you know conf- make it con- easy, put it in a box so you can make money off of it. Is because then all that censorship and all that bullshit comes, and then we lose that side of skating, like that crazy raw side. Like Big Brother was fucking awesome for that. We need Big Brother back again and be sick. I. Uh, I posted this a, a little while back. I dug out like some old stuff that I had, and I found a. Uh, I think it was from like '96 or '97 Big Brother that I was in. Sick. And I just it took me back to that day because we're you know kind of along the lines of like what skateboarding has done and its life and whatever. Like, I, I, I'm gonna like totally take over and tell a story if that's okay. Please. Selfishly, no, I, please, please. I, the best the best episode <laughs> is when I don't talk. So. <laughs> Somehow, some way, this shop that we all used to hung ar- hang around convinced they're doing like a Big Brother tour. So we're talking about like Bill Pepper, Bobby Pulio, yes, Chris Markovich. Um, there, there's a bunch of them. They're having a tour, and they, he essentially told these guys that there's going to be a big old demo set up. And reality, there was no demo at all. It was <laughs> it was me, my friend Mick. Um, this other kid, there's like three kids, four, <laughs> and we eat, and all we did, we essentially tricked them to come to Vegas, <laughs> sounds like to a skate with them. <laughs> talk, wait a minute, going back to the beginning, talk about being shady in Vegas. <laughs> there you go, right there, dude. <laughs> he essentially convinced them to come down because there's going to be a demo and add it to the stop on the tour, and then when they got here, he did the old slide of hand trick, and he's like, yeah, there's no demo, but we'll show you around. So it was literally like just our little crew and the van with all the pros in it, and we're going to go out and skate Vegas. And that ended up being like one of those days that you never forget. You know what I mean? It's like one of those childhood things that I've done a lot of cool stuff. Shit, in the past two years, Lacey and I alone have done a lot of amazing stuff, right? Even in skateboarding. Like, But that day really says it all because, there, look, there was some heat, right? They got pissed off. They were promised a demo. <laughs> I mean, but we ended up showing them like every freaking skate spot, and we all skated. You know Vegas, what I mean? And, and Vegas has good spots, so you got lucky. Yeah. yeah. And we skated from I, the, literally the entire day till like the wee hours of the night, the entire fucking day. And we hung out, and all we did was skate, dude. Like they didn't really take pictures. There wasn't like anybody trying to like, jo- like even like us, right? Like th- we're kids. And we're skating with our heroes. Like, even us didn't try to, like, posture in front of each other or try to act hard because freaking Bobby Puglio's right there. You know what I mean? Like, all of us were the exact same that day. And yeah. all we did, we were just skaters. And we just roamed the streets of Vegas and we just fucking skated. And it was really, really cool, you know? And at the end of the day, like, we said goodbye and gave our daps. And, and you know, and I woke up and shit my pants because I couldn't believe, like, what happened the day before. But it was just, it was just a cool thing. It was one of those things, like... It was almost like an unsaid thing. It was like, okay, we're just going to go have fun, and we're all going to be the same today. I'm not a pro. You're not some kid. We're just going to go chill and have fun and, and just, you know what I mean? That's that's another huge difference between sports and skateboarding is that, like, you could run into your favorite pro skateboarder, like, at the skate park, you know, or at a street spot. Like, you never, I haven't run into Tom Brady at Dunkin' Donuts yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I've seen Donnie Bartley on the highway, and he started honking next to me, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know him, but he saw, like, a skate sticker and was like, you know, you skate, and he, like, 
But you could not ne- like, I, that never happens with, like, an athlete or someone on that level, you know? No, no, dude, you don't have, like, a Reebok and one tour coming to town to only to find out there is no tour and have all the guys on the basketball team say, oh, dude, this sucks, but you know what? Let's go play some basketball. <laughs> Just a one-on-one with Kevin Garnett. Dude, there'd be, there'd be fucking lawsuits. There'd be, like... PR releases like don't come to Vegas. It was just be- no, not with skateboarding. It was just like okay, dude, let's 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 freaking do our thing, you know. All right, first I'm gonna say tricking tricking the Big Brother crew to get out there, fucking <laughs> fucking classic Vegas right there. I back it though. I mean, I'm not mad at it because you got that Bobby Pulio and Dilly Pepper good session, sick. Um, oh, what I was gonna ask you was what what trick did you have in the magazine, or were you chilling in the background, or what? No. We didn't have anything. He literally said uh, it may have been Dimitri back then because he was there, too. It may have been him or I don't know. But I remember one of them said, like, fuck, we didn't take any pictures today. Do me a favor, guy. Just stand around. Let me take a picture of you guys. And we're like, okay. So we just stood there. (laughs) Three or four of us. He fucking took our picture and called it a day. And even in the magazine, I was looking at it recently. There's no footage of Vegas. All the tricks they did that day, like the entire, like it was just a blip on their on the radar. Except this one picture of us and the caption. Uh, this isn't verbatim, but it said something to the effect of like, "Only in Vegas, you know, where each pro is assigned a kid or something like that." Like it was fucking <laughs> bad, dude. Which pro were you assigned to? Do you remember? Please. No, 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 no. We were just all skating. <laughs> That's so sick, man. Yeah, I've been out there a few times. I really like skating in Vegas, though. I give it shit, but I really like skating out there. It's good spots. It reminds me of Arizona. Super dry, and there's a lot of like ditches and weird hubbas, and it's sick, though. Yeah, like we're definitely not known for rails, you know. Like, or at least, okay. So growing up in Vegas. We always felt Southern California was like the rail kingdom because everything's lower out there. Yeah, it is. Everything's same on, way lower. Same out there. on the East Coast. We look, we're like those rails are so small compared to the East Coast. Like exactly. A, yeah. Like a thirteen in Cali is more like a ten out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. With so a crack. We didn't, you know, really skate all that too much. There's a couple out here um, that we used to skate, but a lot of it is is ledges and manual pads and and. Big shit too, like stairs and these big ass freaking gaps and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you ha- did you ever want to be a pro skateboarder? Did you ever try? Oh hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I I started to like. Uh, I, here's the thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> get let it go. Keep it going. <laughs> I get frustrated because I do and I don't. Here's the deal. Like growing up, I I had this one friend. We're still friends. I still talk to him. His name's Mick. And he became, and I, I noticed skaters do this. Like, you have that one friend that you literally go out skating with every fucking day, right? Yep. Did we just like, become best friends? Yep. Yeah. Like that, and he lived right behind me, and it was just perfect. And we started to get on this path of, like, skating with pros and connecting with people in the industry and getting really good and just all this stuff, right? Yeah. And somewhere along the line, I... There, a girl came into my life. Son of a bitch. And then you I son of a bitch. I also want to say a lot of it came from fear because we're talking, you know, mid to late nineties where skateboarding still wasn't what it is today in terms of uh, money and stuff like that. I started to get scared. I'm like, I I I need to make money, and that all kind of happened. Like I I I went out and got like a a job that took a lot of my time. Um. 
I had a girlfriend. Were your parents like pushing for a normal job? Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Stability. They're like, don't become a hippie. Don't do drugs. Don't skateboard anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that. You know. And they, I mean, I, they don't know what they don't know, so I don't blame them. Of course, at the time, I hated them for it, but now that I'm older and I, and I'm a parent, like, you don't know what you don't know, like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you got to experience it to feel it, you know. I started to slowly let it go. Like I didn't let it go from the sense of stopping attention to it. Like I still read the magazines and, and bought the videos and hung out with my skate. Like, but I just didn't really skate anymore. Yeah. And I went into a different direction, and I, I ended up being very successful in the direction that I went. But as I started to go in that direction, I started getting really successful at, at my career at the time. My friend Mick is is now getting flowed. Um, Anthony, who turned into Ragdoll, is like, you know, he's blowing up like all our little crew and, and, you know, two layers removed of our crew. Like everyone's starting to get sponsored and all this other shit and be in videos. And I'm kind of on the outside, like fucking kicking myself because it's like, if I would have held on for like another year, I could be in the mix. This kid over here who's getting sponsored now, I was 10 times better than him. Like this is just me being angry, Chris. <laughs> I was ten times better than that fucking kid. Like, and he's getting shit, and like, I'm fucking stuck here in a suit. Like, this is bullshit. Yeah. And I ha- and I literally went through that for shit, ten years. Yeah. Like being that upset because the one true love that I that I had, I let it go because I quote unquote thought that that I was doing the right thing. Like, it's I was, not, I was it's scared. Not, that's it's not your fault. That's like a society's fault. The yeah. Fact, yeah, the fact that they think you they give you paths, career paths and tell you like play it safe, do this. This is all about money. You know you're going to and I get that. You're like people are concerned about their children and da da but it's like in this world we should be able to like try to make money off of what we love first, you know? Like try to try to make your business your passion like they should that should be the direction over just like play it safe numbers job bullshit you know and i i i i just i don't know like i don't know what to say because i I get it from a like i get it but at the same time emotionally i'm pissed off i grew up not we didn't have money at all growing up my dad sold a store and then we went into this long slump of of like literally no money and i I think at the time I was like, I fuck, I grew up poor, dude. Like, I don't want to continue this. Like, I want nice things. I have that too. I have, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I just, I don't know. I just let it go. But here's what's funny. I, I also at the same time don't regret it, right? Because I gained, I, I've done a lot of cool stuff in my life that I think has made me into the person I am today. And if I would have continue with skating like who knows basically the universe put me on the path that i needed to go into and it wasn't to be pro but here's what's funny because of the podcast i, th- I think you and i joked about this when we were when lacy and i were in out east yeah because of the podcast all the shit that comes kind of without the money part of being a pro is happening because of a fucking podcast. Not because of my skating, not because of my abilities, but because of a fucking show that has nothing to do with skateboarding, by the way. Meaning, like, we're, we're like now friends with like all these people in the industry and like pros and stuff. And like, Lacey and I will go to fucking Tom Yeto and go in the back and so, or we'll, we'll go up to Deluxe and like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just all this cool shit. Like, I'll get a box in the mail. You know what I mean? It's like it's like being sponsored, but for exactly. for podcasting instead of skateboarding. 
Which is funny because the podcast has nothing to do with skateboarding. Now, I mean, you know, I interject skateboarding like a mug in that in that in our show, but it's it's just kind of tr- it's it's just funny. You know? Well, it's and, like the whole reason we met. It's like because you you know we met and you were a skater, so I, it's not like you're trying to get sponsored or get anything. But skateboarding is like pretty rad when they meet one of their own you know like someone who's dedicated their life to it and is passionate about it it's like we want to share the lifestyle as much as we want to live it you know like yeah more people that are a part of it and go into all these things and celebrating it the better regardless well, if they're pro or not how we met like right before we met was funny because what was it like a year and a half ago or whatever i'm at woodward hell yeah woodward west yeah hell yeah s- sitting with like all the people who basically run the, the the digital stuff for the skateboarding industry, like at at a breakfast table, and RP sitting to the left of of us, and we're talking, and we're just super getting along. I had no idea, at, I think, at the time of all the stuff he's done for World and all that, and like we're just talking, and we're talking about the show, and we really connected and became friends. And he's like, "Dude, you gotta talk to Mike," because I think we told him we tra- at the time we were traveling to Boston, like te- or technically Taunton, we were traveling there once a month. Yeah. He's like, dude, you got to connect with my my boy Anthony, and then you and I connected, and it's yeah, it's crazy, right? It's just nuts, and it's all like I I feel um, spoiled in a way because we're doing it for our podcast, but the organic stuff is like I get to go to Woodward, I get to to meet fucking awesome people that become great friends like you, I get to go to fucking like you know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool that it worked out that way because you still got to be involved, like, and you didn't have to. Well, going back to what you were saying before, actually, about jobs and being a pro skateboarder, the thing about that is, like, it's so crazy that it's, like, not everyone can be a pro skateboarder, you know? We need this whole industry around to have these pro skateboarders. So you need the filmer, you need the team manager, you need the people that work in the warehouse, you need people, artists, videographers, you need all this whole thing to make up an industry, you know? And it's cool that skateboarders are kind of, like, doing that right now. Like, everyone, they, we've been doing it for a while. Everyone's starting up brands and, like, rebuilding this whole thing up. And not just relying on, you know, big-ass sponsors to, like, control it. You know, like, if we are if we are the industry, then we all get to be a part of it, which is sick. And that is where the tipping point for me happened. I realized a couple of years back that I, I didn't have to be pro. I could still, yeah. like, I wanted to be pro... Because I just loved skateboarding, and I, who who doesn't want to freaking skate for well, a living? Well, like when you grow up looking at like Jamie Thomas, and yeah, that's good. And you're like, I want to do what they do and be in the magazines and the videos, and like, I want to like. There's something they have that is so sick. It's their yeah. skating and the notoriety and the whole thing. It's like dude, the whole ego thing. Name on the board. Definitely there. Yeah, dude. Who the fuck doesn't want that? But also, like, it's a part a, of me, a dream. A, a part of me at the time of wanting to be pro was. I in a weird way I wanted to give back to the industry that has given me so much. Yeah, absolutely. and what I learned, and you kind of touched on it, like you don't have to be a pro to give back to the industry. You could do a whole host of things. Like you don't even have to do video. You don't even have to take pictures. You don't have to build. You don't have to do anything. You could literally just be a fucking podcast host. Yeah, who talks about business all day with his with his partner and give back to skating. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's fucking sick. Yeah. A- any way I could like. Last year, Jim was doing a lot of... Um, Debo, right? Yeah, yeah, he was doing... Sorry. I forget. We're, like, recording something here. <laughs> I feel like we're just talking. Um, so kudos to you, by the way. Um, he was doing a lot of these things, uh, you know, like Roll for Rob and whatever, whatever. Hell yeah. And I remembered, like, 
telling Lacey, like, I want to start including these when when I know he's got something coming up, like let's announce it on the show, let's drive traffic to it. We have an audience. Like it may not be a bunch of skateboarders, but fuck, any any chance we can get, let's shine a light to the fucking industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's illuminate the cool ass shit. Well you have yeah. a platform illuminate it. Show it off. Yeah, it's awesome. So that that's kinda how we do it now. We we support really anybody and everybody that we can in terms of like the the business end and the digital end and all that stuff and yep. That's why, like, I, I, a couple weeks back, I'm like, you're not doing this, are you? Like, because I was going to tell you, like, I'll do it for you. Yeah. I think it was, like, editing or something like that or whatever. Yeah. Like, any any chance we can get to support anybody in this industry, we do it. Or any chance we can get to shine a light because of our own platform that we have, yep. we do it. Uh, or show up and speak or whatever it is. And, and now that I'm getting older, like, that gives me the warm and fuzzies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, absolutely. being able to give back to this industry. That's so cool, man. Um. Okay, <laughs> I'm lost right here. Um, I did write some notes down, but fuck those. We're not there yet. I don't want to even. You did mention the college thing. We should go back to that then. What? No. Yeah. Co- why no college? I mean, because I I thought I was going to be pro. I thought I was. I thought literally that was it. And by the time I came to the realization that like maybe I should do something else, I was already out of high school. And I was like, okay. I think my dad actually. He's like. You either go to college or you go to a trade or something. Like, you got to do something. Yeah. Right? You can't just have a bullshit job. Because I think that's what I had at the time. Like Jack in the Box? Just like, fuck. It was actually at a skate shop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's a um, job, yeah. Yeah, it was, just, it was just a job, right? He was like, you got to go, like, learn something. If you don't want to go to college, then go learn a trade. And I was like, well, you do real estate. I'll get into real estate. What do I got to do? And he's like, you know... 600 bucks and 90 hours of credits and that's it i go what okay so i went and got my real estate license and that's what i did for like the next decade almost how'd you did your dad school you to the game though because i you can i mean you can have 600 bucks and get in real estate but if you suck at selling houses you're not gonna he, you know what he <laughs> he did he did and he didn't though like my dad's old school he's kind of like i'll throw you in the pool and sit and watch you uh watch you drown <laughs> And when I know you're literally about to drown, I'll jump in and save you. But, like, you go figure it out on your own. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll always be here for advice. I'll always help you. I'll always catch you right about, like, when you're about to, like, seriously die. Yeah. I'll let you fall. But, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, that's what he did for real estate. I can't imagine being a father. But that seems like the right thing to do because you got to – the only way for a kid to gain these life skills – because kids are so stubborn and hard-headed. We want to make mistakes anyways. Oh, yeah. So it's like the only way to, like, gain these qualities and characteristics are to, like, you got to let your kid almost drown. And that's, like, for a lot of parents, I imagine this scary. But it makes sense because then, I don't know. When I was young, I lo- you know my story. I lost my, yeah. father, my, lost my father at 14, and that made me experience that, like, drowning sensation, that scary vulnerability side, you know? And uh, that, like, it woke me the fuck up at a young age, you know? Yeah. So... But I always think about that because that life is so valuable and I think about like being a father and like people over protect their kids and don't even let them experience shit half the time either. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how I could handle that. It's probably a great segue into about <laughs> how old how old is your children. They are seven and four. He's going to be four in like two, three weeks. So he's so, pretty much four. So who, seven-year-old boy, girl? Both boys. Both boys. Sick. Both traditional, stereo, 
typical Italian boys. Damn. <laughs> Freaking nuts, dude. All right, well, let's get to the meat of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Fucking seven. So how old were you when you had your first? What are we talking? Oh, first kid? Yeah. I was like, first what? Like, girl? Like, smoke? What you like, first what? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I was 27. Damn. 34 now, so. Were you prepared? Was it like one of those? Oh, hell no. Just I wasn't prepared for either one of them. <laughs> Hell no, dude. And I and I'm a dude. I'm a single father now. Like, talk about being unprepared of having kids, but then also trying to like figure out how to be a, a parent by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's it's just it's just nuts. It's one of those things where, like, you never think. I, I think of it like skateboarding. Like, no matter how. Many times you try that trick or even land that trick, it's never good enough. No matter how many times I try to to do stuff as a father or, or be a father, I'm always telling myself like you could do better. Like yeah. you're you're not dad of the year, or you did that wrong, or or you could have done it. like you know what I mean. Like there's yeah. just this constant like you know pinwheel going into my head, and it's one of those things you just freaking learn to adapt and and just be the best person you can be and. and they're still very young, and I know I have a lot more ahead of me. Oh, uh, shit, yeah. Seven. Experiences and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine, this is going to be bad to say, but I can't imagine what it's like to get, like, a call in the middle of the night that your son got picked up for whatever, whatever, or your other son, you know. You're only saying this because you live in Vegas, and that's, like, a normal. <laughs> that, but, like, I just think of, like, my childhood, or, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> masturbating in public what is that? yeah something crazy dude. <laughs> that trips me dude that trips me out so i know they always say like you have I, I imagine having a kid and i'm just like i know that everything else would come second like because that becomes your like you have to provide for that person you even come second i imagine yeah oh which, yeah which shouldn't be but i mean to like just in your own thoughts well did you have money at 27 were you like how were you looking rocky right there or you're having a kid and did you have a job or what was going on? No, yeah, like I I was doing okay. Um I had a cafe at the time, little coffee shop. It wasn't like Starbucks or something, you know, where I was like balling out, you know what I mean? It was just I'd equate it honestly like to almost having like a really good hourly paying job. Sick. What was it called? Uh Cafe Aroma. Right. Did you did you start it yourself and get it up and going? It was it was a family business. Sick. We all we all kind of chipped in. I mean, I did, I did the day to day and I did the menu and I, I did a lot of stuff for it. But it, it was really all of us. You know what I mean? So it was like it's like working at a, another coffee shop, but just you got a little more flexible, probably because your family. Exactly. You got a little, a little more flexible, and you made. A little bit more than the barista. And I'm saying that because, like, there's, like, we we were doing okay. Yeah. We weren't, like, balling out at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like a, you're working. You guys are working. Pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, pretty freaking much. Because you're balling when you have employees and you're, like, and you're making, like, five more coffee shops. And that's when you're balling. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just doing that. And then we, we ended up selling it because of the economy at the time. Yeah. I went out and got a job, my first real corporate job I ever had. I, I think I was like, I don't know, 28, 
29, something like that. I did that for five years. Absolutely loved it. What were you doing? I worked for an internet company. Word. Oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, was the... Uh... Do you remember? <laughs> no, I, I know. When you say it, it was... It was clear. Clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, wor- I worked for them for five years. It was probably the, the greatest experience I ever had uh, in terms of, like, going to college. And, and what I mean by that is I had, uh, early on, this guy... Um, started with a company who ended up becoming a, a mentor of mine, and he he literally showed me everything about you know corporate America and you know of course like the politics side and and how to navigate all that, but also like just pure business stuff. You know what I mean? Like how to you know assess a business because part of my job was helping you know these store owners, helping them become successful, like showing them how to sell our product. But also taking the time to like help them out as well. And that grew for me. I oversaw Vegas, then I oversaw a chunk of the West Coast, and then it became where I oversaw the United States. And there's thousands of doors across the United States that indirectly I oversaw. So I'd be traveling all over and it it was really a cool job. And, you know, he wasn't just a boss. He, He honestly was a mentor. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's so rad. How did that opportunity come about? Um, a friend of mine became like a manager and he called me up. He's like, there's this new company. I know you just sold the cafe. Uh, I'd love for you to come and work for me. I know you do sales and you had your real estate background, blah, 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 blah. And I I was like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I got hired three weeks later. My friend, the one that hired me, he got like a, uh, <laughs> fuck him, right? <laughs> I, I felt bad too, but. Whatever. <laughs> hey, it's business, man. You be... <laughs> it is. So I, I did that for, for five years until the company got bought out, um, and they, they just shut the doors. It was an asset purchase. They just wanted uh, the the property that we can we controlled. Yeah. They didn't want the brand. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, do you do you regret going to school? Do you mean not going to school? Or yeah, I'm sorry, not going <laughs> to school. Yes. Uh. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, there there's these little points in my life where I'm like, man, it would have been cool to to go to college, and not even just for the experiences, but like I'll be in certain situations in business that Lacey and I are dealing with, whatever, whatever. And there's this air of of a lack of confidence that I'll get, yeah. and and that's usually when I, when I'm not confident, it's like, damn, I wish I would have went to school. I would have been a lot more hardcore at this negotiation or I would have understood this better, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, like, I look back and it's like, I did just fine, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would have been cool to, to have that extra knowledge or it would have been cool to to know what to do instead of, like, having to, to beat my head 58 times before getting the answer. I probably could only beat my head twice because I had a college degree, but... Whatever. You know? at, least, at least you had the characteristics from skating to just keep trying until you find a way that works. That's like, and, and when I tell you, like, I can literally direct anything back to skating, that's definitely one of them. It's when I'm, you know, 14 years old and I'm throwing my body down a set of stairs or a handrail, you know, 60, 70 times in a night and hitting concrete, like, that instills something to you. Dude. You know what I mean? I fucking, dude, seriously, on everything I, on my whole life, skateboarding is about creating. Little, when you teach little kids how to create with their thoughts and then actually apply it into the physical world, 
And like, cause literally you vision these tricks and these things and you see how crazy skating is. You're literally teaching these people at a young age how to create, how to like use their mind and their bodies to create. And it's fucking insane. It's like, that's why I'm always amazed at skateboarders. I'm like, we're way ahead of the curve because we're doing it and it's fun and we don't have any coaches and it's just like self experimenting and you're literally teaching these people how to create, create into the world. It's fucking skating is like one of the best things. Well, here's the thing, and I don't know if this has ever been brought up or true or if anybody thinks like this, but it also teaches you how to fail. Oh, yeah. Fuck and yeah. why that's a good thing is because you're not coming into this world all fucking entitled and, like, you know, going home and licking your, the top of your hand because you failed at something. Like, as a skater, like, you're taught to learn, you know, indirectly, organically how to freaking fail. Yeah. And you learn how to like handle it and, and roll the punches and realize like it's not the end of the world. Like, I saw what I didn't fucking land that thing. I'll come back tomorrow. If I don't land it then, I'll come back the next day. Like, it just, it just kind of happens. And That's, when you, yeah. when you go into life and you didn't get the big deal or you didn't fucking blah, 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 blah. And like, your buddies, cause this has happened to me and your buddies, like, they look like they, they're gonna fucking cry or they just want to like mope. It's like, really, dude? Like, <laughs> You're that upset over that? Like, big fucking deal, dude. There's always going to be another chance, and if there's not, then there's another way to skin this cat, but stop being a fucking pussy about it, and like... Sack up. Yeah! (laughs) Part of success is losing a lot. You gotta, like, fail again and again and again and again to... It's like, there's no direct path to success in anything, or to happiness. It's like, you have to experiment and figure it out while you're growing yourself. Back to the whole creation thing, it's like... You're creating our lives. We're creating our narratives, our stories, our lives, our business, everything. We're trying to create that. And it's like, that's a growing process and you have to fail a lot. Unless you're faking the funk. If you're not authentically living and you're trying to like follow some predetermined path, then you're going to miss out on all the joy that comes with the, the failure as well. You know, like the appreciation you get. Like you were saying, like skaters know how to fail. I mean, that's a great quality to have in business because you're going to fail a lot. Like... <laughs> It's a matter of like perseverance and like hanging on and building and building and building. That and the biggest thing is, and you said it, is being authentic. Yeah. Like that is that is one thing. And, and look, this goes for anything. Not every single skater is authentic. Of course, there's that little sliver of you know non-authentic you know skaters out there. But for the most part, like skateboarders are pretty fucking authentic people. Yeah. And you know, whether they, they know it or not, like, they carry that with them throughout their life. And what I've noticed is I, I'll do something or I'll say something or because, you know, Lacey and I are in the, in the internet public eye. I don't want to say we're in the public eye, but we're in the online public eye. Hell yeah. The troll, the trolls can get at you. (laughs) Yeah. And, and people be like, um, like, oh my God, you're so this and holy shit, Bubba, how did you, Bubba, Bubba? And it's like I'm literally just being myself, and it's not hard to do when you're being yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll totally give Jim a shout out here. Um, I went on a show, and uh, I talked about. I was even more open and authentic than I normally was, right? And I said on this show how I got pissed off. And I started hating the Cerrone show, and I started hating the audience, and I was depressed, 
and I felt everything I was doing. Like I just, I it literally was like a fucking depressing fifty minutes <laughs> to me. People are crying to listen to this thing. <laughs> yeah, it was on podcast junkies. If if anybody wants to hear it, but Jim shot me a text, and I, and I'm showing you on Skype, and it just said. You know, Chris, this was, is a good listen. Rad how open you were. Now, he's a little different because I know he gets it, right? Like, he's he's like us in terms of how he sees things and just, he's himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I pull it up and I mention that because, like, a lot of people were so, like, mind blown on how Lacey and I were talking about that, or on that show, and it was like, we were literally being ourselves. Like we weren't being. I know people see like the fun and the outspoken Chris, or the or the the fun and and sharp and quick witted Lacey, but yeah. we're also fucking normal people, and we have terrible times, and we we go through ups and downs. Like fuck, dude, I went through a, a full blown complicated. I'll just say that divorce. Like in yeah. in the past year, like I went through some fucking shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I tell people that. You know, publicly, and I, I say what's on my mind and, and whatever, whatever, and it's like, oh, you, you, you're so courageous, you're so like, no, I'm not. I just don't have those fucking filters that a lot of people have that tells them they have to look or act a certain way when they're on a microphone, when they're on camera, when they're being interviewed, or I don't have, I don't have those filters that say your persona should look like this when you do X, Y, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wore a fucking skate shirt and a hat once on stage in front of about a couple hundred people at an event where I should have had on a, a button-up and a tie, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> because it, it's just, like, why, I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just rambling. Well, let me, let, me <laughs> chime in. let me chime in. Uh, kind of talking about what you're talking about, I feel like we're all trying to transcend. We're trying to grow past who we are. You know what I mean? Like, we make up these narratives in our mind. You're young. You're going through. You're forming who you are. Your formative years. Shit happens. And you're trying to figure out who you are. And then when you find out who you are, and then you want to gr- be better, right? That's the idea is to outgrow who you were and keep growing progress. So I think a good way to progress is to show your true self. Like, show your frailty. Show your weaknesses. But show your strengths, too, and show your character. Show yourself. Authentically yeah. show who you are. And that doesn't mean you can just show off your arrogant side or your, your fucking dominant side or your greedy side. That means you have to show every side of who you are. And if you're only one-sided, that sucks for you. Because <laughs> if it's a show like the Shetler show or the Chris Cerrone show or whatever type of media you want to fucking use... You should be authentic and real and something people can follow along and really care about. You know what I mean? Like, the old way was kind of like, let's sell them shit. Let's, let's try to fool them. You know what I mean? Like, that way's so shitty. <laughs> am I touching a, am I hitting a nail on the head or? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's almost like once you realize that about yourself, you almost feel like you have a superpower over, over the general public. Like, you're so in tuned with your inner self that, like nothing could stop you. You're like that Russian dude on TV that gets in trouble in the United States, and it's like you're gonna send me to jail here? Are you fucking kidding <laughs> what me? The like, fuck is this jail, pussy jail? Yeah, like I've been to Russian prison. Like that's how I feel now. Like just being so in touch with myself. Like, dude, I'll, I'll fucking say here. I don't care. Like I just learned in the past two years how to fucking cry yeah. and be okay with crying no, and not yeah. feeling like a pussy and not feeling like a. 
a, a loser or soft or whatever label you want. Like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, when you were on our show, all three of us were fucking crying. <laughs> damn, Remember? Damn right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, but that's like that's some real. That's like you know, men cry, people cry, humans cry. Yeah. Life's not fucking easy, and it's like. But that's like everyone wants to paint a glorious story. But like the only way you can have the glory is if you show the other side too. Because like a perfect easy route and like dominating route is just not impressive. It's just not. It's not human. It's not human. That's no. It it's it's not. And the people that really and this is has nothing to do with money because everything I do exactly. This is just life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everything I do publicly and by and like non publicly, it's all entrepreneur business based. It's all about money, right? But. Like really at the core, everything I do and, and act is is not for money. It is to learn and grow and evolve. It is to connect with amazing individuals outside of, of just my little five square mile radius and have real conversations about real things. And when I say real things, like it doesn't have to be about fucking news or politics or whatever. I ideas, think ideas, ideas and ideas. It, it could be whatever. Like when we went out and had uh what was that taco place that we no went problemo. to? No problemo. We when we went to No Problemo, we were there literally four hours and we would just we went down this fucking rabbit hole of a conversation. Like those experiences is what I live for. It's it's why I try to be ever ever growing and evolving and changing. It's it's to have life experiences like that because now my entrepreneur brain kicks in yes. because you never know when you're going to be in a situation in, in terms of trying to create something or grow something. And in some weird way that you can never explain, like that conversation that we had, what was it, a year ago at a fucking taco joint in, in the hood somewhere. Where was it? New Bedford, Mass. Okay, yeah. Where I grew up. Bedford is – is going it's not hood i'm just giving you shit is is going to you know what i mean like you never know where those dots can those life experiences is what creates you or it's what makes who you are and if you're so one-sided as you were saying or so stuck in a box like i'm fucking sorry for you dude like you have no idea what life has to give like you have no idea what the universe has to give yeah I'll, you have I'll, go ahead go ahead no i'm like now i'm getting all like riled up <laughs> No, you're right though. I totally agree. You have to open up to 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 like experience everything, you know. And if you shut, if you're only on one lane and you're just shutting everything out because you're like, I'm only going this way, you're missing out on so much stuff. You could turn so much material. You could turn into gold or like good times or memories or something that's tangible and you'll hang on to. I'll give you a perfect example because this is uh, the Shetler show, and, and I'll, I'll make it about skateboarding. Okay. Well, I was gonna take it there anyways, but please. Okay. I'll say this, and then you and you go where you want to go. Um, Lil Wayne. Yes. When Lil Wayne started skating, or when it started to come out, Lil Wayne started skating. Yes. There was a piece of me, and if he and if he did this five eight years ago, then I, I totally would have been this person that gets pissed off, that says, "Why the fuck are you basically taking our shit and and leveraging it to look cool, or why are you like?" Just essentially like stealing from us. You weren't around for the fucking like desolate period. You weren't around when you don't know what it's like to run from the cops or run from security. You don't know what the fucking that Dan, Danny Super wrote for Tree Fort once upon a time or that the, the neighborhood video was a bunch of like, you know, like the hoodest fucking team I've ever seen in my life. Which yeah, was that a, team was sick. It was an excellent fucking team, though, by the way. Like, you know what I mean? Like. 
you don't deserve this. But I'll give Lil Wayne credit. I don't know why I focused on him just now, but no, everyone, but everyone did in the industry when he came. Yeah. Even I did. I had like, because you're instantly like, wait, this dude ha- doesn't know about the culture. He's just, yeah, he's it's just, like, it's ours, dude. Get get out of our shit. <laughs> it's a, it's like we live here. These hipsters just visit, but exactly. That, that's a Talib Kweli uh, lyric, actually. But uh, I felt the same way because you're. We protect our art. We protect our passions. Yes. The things we love. We're like, huh, you motherfucker. Like, you skateboarding can't just be bought. Yeah. You can't just buy your way in and it'd be cool and all that shit. But, uh. He tries, though. But he's in a unique situation because he's so famous and he's still young. And he's, like, got the money to do whatever he wants. And the fact that he wants to skate says that we made it seem pretty fucking cool. You know, like, that some dude from the hood that is a millionaire from music wants to actually try it you know what i mean like and I, he's I, actually I, trying it though too yeah I've, I've skated with him actually he came to my skate park skater's edge and uh yeah we skated it was after one of his shows for like three four hours and he just we just smoked a lot of blunts and uh <laughs> skated the park like he just every time he would want to try something scary he'd just like hit a little bit of weed and go, go at it i don't recommend that to anyone else <laughs> but for little wayne it was working but but here's here's <laughs> that's freaking rad, by the way. Here's why I bring up Lil Wayne, though. Like Lil Wayne, you know, he he's still skating, he's trying, whatever. And and I definitely was like, okay, dude, like you're obviously you obviously care about the sport enough, whatever, whatever. But the whole reason why I brought that up is because mentally, where I'm at, yeah, and 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 my evolution and my growth and my acceptance is as accepting as skateboarders are, we're also very like protective, yes, like. I'm 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 able to like be like okay let me look at this from a, a you know thirty thousand foot level like this is a good thing it's not the end of the world blah 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 whereas ten years ago or whatever I would have been like I don't care how fucking good you get I don't care how good I'm, like how much money you dump into it like fuck you this yeah. is ours not yours same thing with street league yeah. same thing with all this other shit like my mentality is so different now and it's yeah. it's it's more like I can't just look at it from this point of view anymore i gotta look at all the tentacles that come off of this this thing and what it's actually doing yeah. lil wayne even fucking justin bieber dude as much as as a wall of that uh, i still have up for him and skateboarding <laughs> i'll admit it even justin bieber though think about it you don't know what little kid has an older sister that loves Justin Bieber, who is this little kid, is watching some bullshit that the sister's watching and sees Bieber at some skate park getting shown up by some kid, by the way. I don't know if you saw that clip. I think you know, I did. I'm embarrassed. Out yeah. <laughs> but this one kid, because of his sister, because of Justin Bieber skating, sees this, and then that switch in the brain happens to him, which happened to me, seeing my friend Josh do a varial flip off the curb. This kid sees Justin Bieber skating. It's not about fucking Justin Bieber. It's not about Justin or the, or the music or the sister. It's about the kid seeing this trick yeah. and having the switch happen. And all of a sudden, this kid fucking becomes a skateboarder. And then this kid grows up to be the next fucking Tom Penny. Like, who knows? Yeah. But, like, I, I now have to think of a. At, at, at all the levels and what it could potentially do favorably for skateboarding. I think, I think too, like as I get older and the more I deal with this whole shit, is I feel like skateboarding, the game doesn't change. It's the same as it's always been. It's just passengers come and go. <laughs> I feel like I'm reciting hip hop lyrics. Yeah, or the wire. It, the game's the same, you know? It's just we forget that we grow into different positions. If you stay with something long enough, you 
fill those shoes if you're passionate about it and all that stuff. So, like, I don't know. I feel like skateboarding got so popular before and these dudes came in and it, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's the same shit that keeps happening, basically. It is, dude. It's all the same. In a good way because it means that skateboarding is a constant thing in society and the world. Like, it's it's been here. It's proving itself as something that's worth something to more than just a small select group. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, here's yeah. how I, here's how I equate it to you. Boston, Massachusetts, one of the biggest cities, like, fucking best educated schools, all this stuff. Like, just think about that. We, ha- we just had a three million dollar skate park put right next to the Boston Garden. Where the fucking Larry Bird, the Celtics, Ray Ray, K- KG, fucking Paul Pierce, the truth, like, the Bruins. Oh my god. Right next to it, we had a three million dollar skate park put in. And I'm just like, Damn, it's so trippy to see skateboarding have a stadium, essentially, right yeah. next to the fucking garden. That means people invested and built it in the heart of one of the biggest cities in America. It's like, I don't know, to me, that's like amazing. And I know there's going to be good and bad with that and whatnot, but just the fact that people invested that much and it's grown. Like, that's fucking insane. I don't even know where I was going, but I'm just... No, it, oh. it is. And I think we're old enough. But also, we're not that, like, I think you and I grew up in an, in an era where we saw it at its, like, now, of course, there's people older than us that really saw the growth of it. But, like, we saw it at, at like, pop off when we were really little in the 80s and then completely die to the point where not only was it dead, but if you were walking down the street with a, a skateboard in, in your hand, you were a fucking scumbag. You're a drug dealer. You're up to no good. You were like, oh, dude, when I straight first, garbage, when I first started, people, I, I mean, I was just a dirty little kid. So I had exactly. I yeah. had like stains on my shirt. The collar was stretched out. My shoes were fucking torn from skating. My back pocket was blown out and I was like malnourished. So like, yeah, yeah. skating skaters were not cool. They were like no. No, 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 little no. fucking skate rats. But now I feel like revered in some way because pe- there's so many people that skate and love it. And they're like, wow, you've been doing it for this long and you keep. Keeping it yeah. life, like fuck. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like at this point, like just in our generation, we a should be happy that it's still alive and well. Yeah. And okay. B be fucking like proud that we're a part of this thing that that has grown so much and that is is giving so much to to kids and and just I, I don't know. It's just really fucking cool. Yeah. To be a part of it, even like I'm not in the industry. I'm not. I'm, I don't have a company. I'm not taking photos. I'm not doing anything. But I still feel part of the of the whole skateboarding scene, you know. Which is so fucking sick because we were talking about that earlier with like sports, you know, like to feel part of the Patriots, you got to go to a fucking stadium and pay a bunch of money and like sit there and be a fanboy. But like in skating, you can be a fan and you can participate in like yes. p- people on their own level. Like I'm saying, we're you run into Jamie Thomas at the gas station and he buys you your meals. Yeah, like. <laughs> How fuck like your your childhood hero after skating with him across the street, and then he and then he like I turn to my friend I'm like yo you got fifty cents and then fucking Jamie Thomas yo I got this yeah like, what you know what I mean like you kind of touched on something that I wanted to talk about a little bit and uh yeah. what I think what happens like when I was young I didn't know how, like business side of things with skateboarding you see it and there are magazines and videos and you just assume. And a lot of those people, when I was coming to skating, they portrayed as if they were making shitloads of money. And may, some of them might have been, you know what I mean? But, like, 
I think that's another thing too is you look at these people and you think they're so famous and unattainable and they're making way more money and yeah. whatever the fuck people are thinking, you know? And it's like nowadays, especially a lot of the people that are contributing to the industry are people that are working jobs. Like the pros aren't, there's a small select amount of people that are making like athlete money. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like that's pretty wild. But that's cool. That means there's room for like a skateboard industry to build itself up for people that want to be involved and want to do cool things within skating and with skating. And like, that's sick to me. We just, I, you know, I feel like that side, the underground has to keep building, which seems to be happening right now in skating. It, it, that and like as as pros get older, and this happens actually in like the NBA and the NFL also. Like when I see pros, the the my childhood heroes. Yeah. When I see them now or hear about them now, like I get fucking bummed. And I don't look. Like this who? is like, my own my own portraying onto them. I for all I know, they're happier than shit. Like uh, yeah. Um. Uh. The uh, fuck. Why, why can't I think of his name? Not Shiloh Greathouse. Um. Uh, one of those guys, either from World or Menace or or somewhere around there, like he drives the bus for the LAS terminal. Oh, like that's just... or no, the, the LAX, LAX. Yeah, like he he's a shuttle bus driver. Oh, so you, know like, I mean? you saw your pro skateboarder hero, and he's he's working a nine to five, driving people in the shuttle like to and from LAX wherever he's driving them to. And you or, want, and it's rad to be like you want them to be hooked up or set. You like yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I want, I want him to still get his freaking Kareem Campbell kick duffs in the mail every month or whatever. Like you know what I mean? It's like, damn. Or uh, now I can't think of uh, his name. He's a realtor now, a real good realtor. He's like uh, a realtor for the pros out in California. Why can't I think of his name? Yeah, there's Richie Mulder. I think it is. Yeah, no. it is yeah, it is. It is. Is, is it Richie? Yeah. yeah, I believe he's like, doing real estate now. Which yeah, is like sick. yeah, like all these pros. You know what I mean? That are like doing normal shit. Jerry Fowler was on the podcast, and he he was a firefighter. He's another one, dude. I fucking PMT. love like Rhythm Planet Earth, that whole crew back in the day. I remember they came out to Vegas when they they shot for the Rhythm video. They came out to Vegas, and I got to um, skate around with those guys, like you know, like Felix, all them. Like for all look, for all I know, these guys could be having a wonderful life, but which I'm sure they are. But yeah, but like growing up, like I want to see them go to like. I don't know, some kind of like fucking, I don't even know. You want him to be like, um, like in basketball and football, because those dudes, like, you know what's crazy is they, we do just so that we do gnarlier, more athletic shit than football players, I think. Like, in half these sports, like skating, it's insane. There's kids jumping down twenty stair rails. You want like, you want to? I want to. We all want to see like, you know. You don't go to being pro for five years and then you just disappear and you're getting a fucking job at Jack in the Box. You know what I mean? Like, like dudes retire. Maybe you could make like those athletes. You think about the dudes that I feel are doing less than us. They're getting like hundred thousand dollars, like for the lowest pay entry. If you think about it, (laughs) yeah. Like I want to see them go on like speaking engagements or like running clinics or fucking erect a library or some shit. I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Like Like, people gotta build it. If you want, if we had to do that, we gotta build it. You know what I mean? Like I like Neil Neil Minsky on my podcast, and he does a skate academy, which is rad to think that he's built something up that he can like live with skating and share skating. Like that's pretty sick idea, you know. That's one out-of-the-box way of thinking about it. But I think of that all the time. I'm like, I think skateboarders, like, the heroes, the dudes that, like, 
build the industry and like help bring hype and like like Tony Hawk. Look how well Tony Hawk is, but he's like the only one. Yeah. I mean, Steve Barra, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, Steve, uh, Steve Barra, which, side note, amazing interview, by the way. Like, oh, thanks. Well, I've, thank you. I've but, yeah. always, always loved Steve Barra. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the biggest long shit, like, way back in the day. Dude, his, I've always loved like, him. the Birdhouse days, and then his Alien videos, and just, like... Dude, even with the, when he was doing the acting stuff, like it, it, there was a, a vibe that it's like, oh fuck him, he's a pussy, he's an actor, blah blah blah. Like, like I, you know, of course it's easy to say now, but no, like even back then I was like sticking up for him and be yeah. like, dude, who fucking cares? Like, how and rad is that? You know what I mean? You could be an actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Jason How Lee, Jason Lee too is a fucking actor. It's crazy, Jay, dude. Jason Lee, can I? Can I? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I read something. Talk about like being totally deflated, learning or about something about your, one of your heroes or something growing up. Like, I read something that he was like a Scientologist and he like shunned his ex-wife because she wasn't whatever. And I also recently watched the Scientologist documentary. With, is it going clear? Yeah. I've and I was like so fucking negative on, on Scientology. And then I read that Jason Lee was a Scientologist. And I got so bummed, dude. Like I got so bummed. I try my hardest to be the most open-minded person ever. And even to, especially with religion, it's like, look, if you care and like about this thing and it does – something for you individually and it makes you a better person then all for it yeah i'm not i may not support it i may not want to hear about it I, I may want you to keep it on your side of the street but i'm not gonna damn you for it either as long as long as you're not as long as their religion's not going around trying to destroy other religions or exactly. execute people as long as they're keeping them themselves they're not harming anyone like their children or any weird shit yeah, like that yeah then it's all good dude <laughs> but i don't know what it was dude it was i think it was coming off the cuff of watching going clear and then reading that i just got so bummed on jason lee because it's like well that's funny know. we were talking about steve, steve bear and i believe he's a scientologist uh i think don't tell me that now you're gonna ruin it <laughs> I don't know anything about Scientology, but I'm not religious. And you know what's awesome, Chris, is that here's my notes. I wrote down religion. <laughs> I don't think I spent. I don't think I spelt it right. But here's okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you the the, the sixty second bio on my my faith and religion. Please do. Um, Italian grew up Catholic. I was a I was an altar boy. I went to Sunday school, and then when I was eight years old, my cousin... No. Who, oh, I thought you were going to say someone molested you. Go no, ahead. when I was eight years old, my cousin, who was seven, who was like... I have one sister. She would have been like my other sister. We were fucking best friends, everything. She died of AIDS. Well, and this was back in the day when AIDS was like the, the boogeyman. Yeah, dude. AIDS. AIDS was like the fucking boogeyman. AIDS is then. like dirty water now. Like people are not yeah. afraid about it. She was seven years old, dude, and she got it thing. from a she got it from a blood transfusion because she was a preemie. Gnarly. And I just remember thinking to myself, fucking eight years old. I was the altar boy and one of the pallbearers at her funeral, Whoa. thinking, fuck this, like, like seriously fuck this like god there 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 is no god how could this guy be this thing and my my best friend my cousin my my life fucking die of aids right yeah 
and as an eight-year-old, you can imagine like the mixed emotions I had and just all this other stuff. Like that was a real big pivotal moment for me in religion. And I stopped going to church. I stopped, you know, believing in, in anything and everything. Um, fast forward a little bit. I had, uh, some real bad struggles with drugs. Like I, I, I was just a fucking full-blown drug addict, right? I lost everything from it in what, a period of my life. What was your poison? anything <laughs> really like like i i had like, it was all hard shit like coke and you know all this other like hard shit but during that period you know i got clean fucking vegas and i oh, i got it's i fucking sorry go ahead i got I clean and and i didn't find religion by any means but i definitely found you know being spiritual right and and just learning that okay there is something you know, out there, I can't explain it, whatever. So I, what I follow today is really kind of nothing, but I see like bits and pieces from all these different religions that I've kind of like balled into one and made it my own, if that makes any sense at all. Like I'll see something and someone will be like, oh yeah, Buddhist people do that or they believe in light. Well, I'm not Buddhist by any means. I, I really don't know anything about it, but there's a couple of things in there that I that I follow naturally as a human being. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like that's just, that's just kind of how it all came about. And I used to be extremely, extremely judgmental against religious people for like the longest time I was judgmental. I was like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like <laughs> this shit's a cult. And the only reason why you're praying is because you're fucked up mentally and you don't know how to comprehend or handle or whatever. So you mask it by believing into this religion and and having this faith and i would say a sliver of me still kind of believes that but the thing that definitely went away is i stopped dogging the people who believed in the religion i stopped dog dogging the people that were you know going to church all the time whatever church it may be or or praying or reading the bible whatever it is that your religion does like i i stopped all that and realized okay like that's part of their journey you know what i mean like that also may be the thing that gets them to learn more about themselves. You know what I mean? If they choose to dive into it enough, you learn about yourself and you learn about life and you learn about like all these fucking things. And if, if that's the vehicle that gets them there, as with the Scientology shit, if that's the vehicle that gets him there, then how am I going to knock it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, he's, if he starts fucking abusing women or or children or whatever like start doing weirdo cult shit that's where i draw the line but you know what i mean like <laughs> everyone put the same track pants on and drink the kool-aid please where, yeah nike el cortez <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well whew, uh yeah religion let me let me think about religion for a second i've had a couple bad experiences one was i was in like this little i think we were called royal rangers and we were little kids and i was a ghetto little kid and i was throwing shoes at another tent and i was like fuck you and they're like fuck you and we're just like in the middle of the night and they caught us and they made me sit on my hands in the dirt for like an hour which was weird i remember this story you said this on an on an episode i, think. I did i did but yeah. that was weird but also they didn't know about this but i accidentally ended up in an ant pile so i sit on my hands in an ant pile they i don't think they put the ants there but you never fucking know who knows but uh so that was kind of weird and then i was never molested but then uh 
I don't know. I've always butt heads with people that are religious because yeah. the process, the idea of thinking that you know an answer or that a book has the answer or that someone has figured it out just never made sense to me. I'm just like the, the most honest answer I could ever give. And the more the more information, I'm 33. Everything I've ever the answer I've still come to is I don't know. And I think yeah. that's like unless we see a zombie because they said Jesus like came back and like. I've never seen a zombie before. Not saying Jesus is a zombie, but that's the concept. <laughs> that's the concept is he yeah. came back from death, and I've never seen that. So that's a huge flaw and all that stuff. But I totally agree with what you're saying. Like I know tons of people that have used religion yeah. to like build these families, to build faith, to have these structures, to build community. Like they've used it to to build their life beautifully, you know. And and I uh, I've, I've been to church and did it and. I still don't. I can't subscribe though. <laughs> yeah, and neither can I. And and the reality is, it's not the religion. Yeah. It's the person. Yeah. It's the, it's the person that fucks everything up. It's the person that makes something else than what it should really be. For all we know, right? And I'll just I'll talk about Catholics because that's that's what I know most about. For all we know, that could be the fucking shit. That thing, being a Catholic could do amazing things. But because of all the, being a human being, dude, because you're a human being and you insert human beings into the mix, yeah. we fuck things up. You know what I mean? Like, That's we part of the ruin process. shit. That's part of the process. Yeah, like, we ruin shit. I was listening to, uh, That's what, was, sorry to cut you off, but that yeah. goes back to what we were talking about earlier. The only way to succeed in life and be happy and to continue, not the only way, but one of the big ways is to, to fail and be human and, and experience. And like, that's what we're talking about. If you can't, if a, if some structure doesn't allow you to like, I guess in religion you can just forgive and whatever forget they allow you. But like, just the idea of it being too structured. You gotta make mistakes, you gotta like, you can't know there's a God. Like, it's, if you know there's a God, then you're not really going to experience all this stuff. You're never going to have the ups and downs, I feel. Here's, here's what I subscribe to. Maybe I'm crazy. No, no, you're not. Here's what I personally subscribe to. If I walk around being an asshole every day, yeah. I'm going to get that in return. Yeah. If I walk around and I, I say hi, I smile, I lend a helping hand, no matter what you look like or who you look like, if I if I generally just be the best human being I can to the people that are in my life, then that's what I'm going to get back. You know how I know? Because I was a fucking asshole for years and all I got was shit. You know what I mean? Like and I've done the best the best that I humanly can possible to be a, a the best version of myself for a long time now. And I've gotten I gotten a lot of amazing stuff. I got a lot of cool friends and experiences in life and I'm I'm fulfilled as a human being. When I am being, cause look, misery loves company, dude. You can, you can get hooked on, on just being a miserable fuck. Cause again, cause I've done it, dude. Especially when I was doing drugs, like yeah. I was hanging out with shitty people, negative ass people and just doing, and that's, that's why I was stuck in that world. Yeah. Now, like I have just uh, so many things to be grateful for that, you know, I owe it all to, just being a good fucking individual and not having an ulterior motive when you talk to people and not try like trying trying to be the most selfless person I could be. Am I perfect at it? Absolutely not, dude. I am still judgmental and I still have my days, but 
as long as I'm, I'm constantly working at being the best version of myself, like that's what I subscribe to. If you're all about that, then like you're 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 cool with me. Yeah, I mean, it, we battle. I battle with this day to day. You know, some days you just wake up and you have like a bad mood. You just like something's been bothering you. Then you know someone says something rude. You drop your coffee and you have something heavy on your mind. And, yeah. You know, you hit a speed bump in life. And then you're just like in a bad mood and you're judgmental and you're angry and you have these things. It's like, I think don't, I think maybe, uh, it takes practice, you know? And maybe that's what religion does. I don't know. Maybe it gives you like, you go there and it gives you tradition and practice and you practice being nice and thoughtful and kind. I try that as well. I try to do that every day. You know, I try to like reevaluate every day who I am and how I'm treating people and how I'm treating myself. I try to do that all the fucking time. Like, look in the mirror and go, alright, like, let's make this a good day. Let's, I know if you can, you know, be a, if you're, if you look at things like everything's gravy, then it's gonna be that way. Like, take yep. it, don't try to change it, just go with the flow and be optimistic and, you know, make what you can with what you have. And I think the more we do that, the better. Maybe religion does that. I don't know. I never, I didn't get that from religion. I don't know where I got that from. It, it, you got it from just, just what you're saying, karma. I think I would, did the same thing, dude. I I used to be angry all the time, and I yeah. got surrounded by angry people because we just gravitate. It's like energy. It's like you putting out that energy all the time. It kind of attracts to each other or something. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, karma and energy, dude. You get you seriously get back what you put out. If you're a fucking shyster, then that's what you get back. If you're an asshole, that's what you get back. If you if you're fighting everybody, then you're always gonna get in fights. Like, if you're a good person, then people are gonna be good to you. If you're if you open doors for people, not literally open doors, but if you open doors of opportunity for others, then doors of opportunity are going to open for you. Yes. Case in point, like the, this whole fucking, you know, podcast and me and skateboarding thing, like I just try to be the best person I, I can be and I have this insane passion for skateboarding. So selfishly what happens? I start meeting pros. I start meeting people in the industry. I get to skate it, at like these amazing places that I fucking grew up watching, like you know what I'm saying? Like the cool I'm, shit. Yeah, the cool shit. Like I, I, I don't know. Like it's just I get to go to skate warehouses and pull fucking decks off the shelf and walk out. Like it takes it, it takes you hanging on to it and being inspired by it and like watching it and consuming it and doing it for that to like stay in your life and come back into your life even at that. Because imagine if you totally believe the bullshit when you're younger and you're like. They're like, yeah, put their childish toy away and just fucking work and be a banker. Yeah. Add up the numbers all day and you're going to have kids and be miserable and you're never going to touch your skateboard. Like, people fell for that shit. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and real quick, I want to I wanna clarify this or just make this known. Yes. I also don't do it to get invited to places, to meet people, to go to wherever, wherever. I don't do it for that because then I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Then I have an ulterior motive. Yeah. And then I'm going to get back shit. Like... You know, I, I, I'll, I'll name drop here and there sometimes, or I'll mention how I've been to this place and that place, whatever. Like, I guarantee you, if I went on a certain path and, and had the intention be, I want to go to this place and get this result, that, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do it for that. Well, it goes back to being authentic. Where, like, I always, when you're talk when you're talking right there, I'm just thinking about my skateboard lessons. Like, I teach skateboard lessons and I always, always have these, these people and these kids and i'm like i want them to enjoy skating just for the simple fact of enjoying it i like i want them to experience it because i'm 33 and i've been doing it for so long and like 
it seriously makes my day. Like, I'm, I'm so in love with skating. Like, if, if I go and have a good day skating and fun and meet people, like, that could, that makes my whole fucking day. You know what I mean? Like, that's a good week, a good month. Like, yeah. I'm sweating, my heart's beating, like, I'm doing new stuff, I'm learning, I'm, I'm falling down, I'm picking myself up, I'm cheering for all my homies and they're cheering for them and we're watching people create. And it's fucking amazing. So, like, when I have these lessons, I'm like, I want them to know about power slides. I want them to know about falling, but falling safely. Like, first thing I do in my lessons is I start on flat ground, and we learn how to turn, tic-tac, and all that stuff. And then I, you know, we go at the fucking bare basics. Like, let's get our center of balance. Because I'm like, if you start off on your front foot with the center of balance, you're centered for everything. You can push and have that sick-ass barley push and, like... You just you hit, <laughs> people try to skip ahead. They're like, I want to kick yeah. flip and triple flip, and I want to do this, and then people get hurt, and then that diminishes the joy of it. And like, you know, um, and also what you're talking about, like, you got to be authentic and do it for that, for the feelings you get for that. Because if you do it because you want to be famous or you want to be sponsored, like, you're gonna hit so many walls. You're not gonna enjoy it. It'll be a fucking job. I know because. I, I had a sense of desperation when I was younger. Like, I found skating when I was 13, but I, you, my story's crazy. I grew up in the hood, and, like, my mom dealt with her issues, and my family's broken, and I just, like, wanted skating in my life so bad that I didn't, like, that's how I became pro. That's how I made yeah. money off of it, because I was selfish, and I wanted to, like, make, I wanted to keep skating so bad. I had this burning dream in my my head of what I could do and where I wanted to go, and, like, I found ways to make it happen, which is fucking amazing. I got to go all over the world. Like seeing kangaroos, <laughs> big ass <laughs> pockets, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, so, and I got paid in magazines, and I never had a, co- I never, well, did I? I have had some covers actually. Um, there's some heights that I just don't, I didn't reach yet, you know what I mean? But where I was going with this is that I hung on to it, I like so much. I was like, this is what I want to do forever. <laughs> and, uh, it was just because I had that desperation. I didn't want to get a job. I had like mental issues. Like all I knew was skating, so I put all my focus into that. Like nothing else. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, I always thought a lot. I was like, I thought about life and death, and I thought about dysfunction in my family. So I I, I learned and grew in that area because I just like whatever. But like skating was like the obsession, and that's how I got to do everything I did. And even now, like. Thank God I all the gifts I have from skating. Like I'm I'm a I'm an outside the box thinker. I'm very passionate. I'm very dedicated. I'm persevered. So like now that I'm 33, it's like I know I have all these gifts and goals from the actual process of like trying to create with a skateboard, like playing with something, playing the art of playing with something and experimenting yeah. and failing and making something and rebuilding it until you get it. Like that that process lets me know I could do that. I could apply that to fucking anything. And then I look around and it's like. People don't have that joy in their life. They don't know about that. The majority don't. They watch TV. They eat poor diets. They have fake relationships. They watch fake TV. It's all like poison. (laughs) And it's sad. It's sad to me that you see these people and it's almost like sheep to a point. And I'm not saying everybody, but we all know there's a big portion of people that aren't really living life, like feeling their heartbeat and sweating. Like Almost everybody. Yeah. It's it's, it's so hard to stay in the moment and be there. (laughs) Like... For the average person, especially when they fucking give us a recession and, like, you talk about everything the country's been through, like, and then to re- try to rebuild and form new industries, basically. <laughs> it's fucking insane to me. <laughs> there's there's you nothing... you got to be crazy nowadays. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more pure to me... Yes. ...than 
just pushing down uh, a street in New York or pushing down a sidewalk in Cali where you hear that like there's just you cannot describe that feeling on the same token because I am a father and I do have two boys that skate there's there's nothing more pure to me of having them ask me why no matter what I they always ask why and they're asking why because they're they're kids and that's what they do but also like <laughs> their brain isn't tainted yet with the world and the news and society and all this other shit like they're just out to have fun and they're just out to experience life you know what i mean you, when they you said it beautiful whenever they ask why like i oh it always like gets me because like they're just fucking uh, you know what is it um there's no lens there's no filter there's no nothing it's just i want to experience life yeah that's beautiful and and that's what i was trying to get at with skating is it's they want you to put the childish thing away but that thing that they're trying to they're trying to rob you of your innocence and your playing like i'm gonna be innocent and play with my skateboard for till i'm 60 you know what i mean like you're never gonna make me that productive where i'm just crunching numbers all fucking day for the sake of adding. You know what I mean? Like, half a life is play. Like, if you let us play, we'll develop it. And then we'll realize why we need all those, like, disciplines and structure and why we need. Because if you want to keep playing, you got you to gotta build up things around it and keep it in your life. Like, then you need the mathematics and the science and all this stuff. But you got to let fucking kids play. Like, you can't rob them of their innocence. That's what happened to me. Like, at a young age, it was just, like, drugs and violence. I never had a childhood. I was stressed out. My whole fucking life, pretty much. And then, like, now, like, once I found skating, that was my way out of all that stress. Like, I didn't even have, I didn't even have the stress of, like, normal society. I had just the projects, drama, drug addicts, like, that life, real life, like, fragile stress where you don't know what's happening. So, like, when I found skating, that was, like, the, that's the thing. That's the play. And I feel like they try to, society tries to rob us of that. And I think right now in society, we're actually trying to change that. I, I know I am. I know I'm trying to make my passion my 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 profit too because like I love it and I want to do it and mm-hmm. I want to share it and I want other people to do it and I know so many people love skating and love this so like you know if we all love it then we'll all give we'll all kick into it and it'll grow and then that'll be amazing you know and we'll we'll have all the people coming up that we share it with and everyone will support each other and it'll be beautiful like I don't want to just work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to... Yeah. Well, like, I've already done that. I, I'll do that. I'll work if I can... I, like, I'll I'll starve. Like, I'll put my money into skateboarding. Like, I, I'll live off of 14 grand a year if I have to and still find a way to put, you know, money into skateboarding. Like, I don't give a fuck. You, you and I could build the retirement center for the old pros that, that we looked so up to. <laughs> we'll just claim... We'll just get, like, uh, we'll clean up, get so much money for all these dudes that just blew out their knees. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, we all need that. Like, for me, it's skating. It's a lot of things now as I get older. Like, I, you know, my, my girl, our relationship's getting, you know, growing a little different. Um, I still have dogs. I avoided kids. I applaud you for having kids, but I've avoided kids this far because I knew it's a financial thing. I love the idea of a father. Like, I never had a father. I had yeah. a father. I did. I had a father till 14, but I didn't have him after that. So I know what a father is up to 14, and then... I was kind of on my own, so I always envisioned what a father would be like to like when I was like when I was sixteen. I didn't, oh fuck, you know how many mistakes I made. I'm so embarrassed the shit that yeah. I did. Like I'm not a, I'm not even handy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just fucking robbed of that. But 
that makes me lust after like what would a father be like and i envision and that's why i'm always stoked when i meet people that are passionate and working and like you meet them like yourself and you have kids and i'm like i'm never i never worry i never worry about those people you know like it must be a trip to be a father <laughs> it is dude, it is because my son my youngest he's like i said he'll be four in a couple of weeks he's like i want to watch the skateboarding clip and what he's talking about is the fade to black with Nigel Houston. Like he's so young, like he has words or names for things that are really not it. The skate, the skateboarding clip is that Nigel Houston part where he oh, did the, the whole fade to black. Hey, so you gotta show your kid a lower impact video before you show him Nigel. <laughs> Don't get him like he's gonna be jumping down thirty stairs before you know it. He, dude, he, they know all the new stuff. And they also know the old stuff. Like, we watch for, I swear to God, it felt like 10 years, but for a good six months, every weekend we watch Pretty Sweet. Oh, like, sick. They, like, you know how kids, they get hooked on this one thing? Yeah. I'm and the same they, exact way. Yeah, I, 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 st- I still am myself. <laughs> but, like, but, like, usually it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'll have some of my friends and their kids are like, oh, I've seen Lego Movie 58,000 times. I'm so sick of Lego Movie. And there's a little bit of that, but for me, it's mostly like skate videos. Like yeah. they get hooked on skate videos, and it's rad because it's like I get to watch it w- like literally with them, and we're both watching it for ourselves instead of I'm watching this kids movie that was eh, it was pretty good, but I mainly put it on because my boys are so young. It's like yeah. no, I'm gonna put in like the old DC video or you know the old TSA video. Damn, like. Sick. Like, I, I try and show them everything, or Welcome to Hell, or, or the old real video, like, mm. just anything. I try and show them, like, all the skateboarding all the time. Show them, show them Thrive, Prosper, Rise, the first All I Need video. Okay. They've seen your stuff. Oh, well, show them Thrive, Prosper, Rise. They know who you are. Uh, they, I, I tell them all about, like, I tell them everything anyway, like, what what is, because they, one time my dad, or my, my, my son goes, I want to do what you do. And I go, well, what do I do? He goes, you sit at home all day. And I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> He's very observant. <laughs> I go, I don't sit at home all day. I go, I go, you see me on the computer a lot. I go, well, that's that's my work. Like, you know, I'm fortunate I get to work from home. And blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah, like it's it's a trip. It's and it's also weird because I'll tell them things that personally I don't really give a shit about. But as a parent. I know that's not the right thing to do give, or give say or act. Give me an example of something. Like cussing. Okay. Like, I, I mean... Like, don't fucking cuss. <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't say like that, but like... <laughs> I'll give you an example. Like, just today, he was watching some YouTube video, and it had cussing in it. And I go, I go, you better not be watching videos with cussing in it. My oldest. And he goes, it was the last one, I swear. <laughs> Drops another F-bomb. And I go, I go, dude... The next one I'm here, you're done. You're not watching that channel anymore. Sure enough, next one happens. I I made him stop watching it. Like you know what I mean? And like deep down, like I don't fucking care. Whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> but as then my father brink. I'm like, dude, he's a he's a little ass kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't be watching shit like that. He shouldn't be talking like that. You know what I mean? When when he gets in high school and he wants to like sw- fucking talk like a sailor. Like that's one thing, but not at seven years old. And yeah, it's just funny because I have these little these little battles with me where it's like, I really don't care about this, 
but there's something making me say something as a father to like stop doing that or don't do this or you know what I'm saying? It's just instinctual. You're just like, yeah, like it just happens. And I didn't go to fucking parent training or anything like that. Like some kid at the skate park just last week, he fell, and my son goes ha ha, like like talking shit, like laughing, yeah. and I go I fucking snapped to him for that. Yeah, I bet. And I and I taught him like especially when it comes to skateboarding and whatever. Like, you don't fucking treat people like that. Like, that kid, because he wasn't that much older than my son. So I think that's why he felt it was okay to laugh at him. Yeah. But I was like, you do not. Like, I made a big deal out of it. And, and I think it ruined his day. But, like, I don't care, dude. Like, I don't know. That now I'm just rambling that, at this point. No, but. that means a lot to me. Um, That means a lot to me. Because growing up like I did, dude, it's like, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about this a lot, man. I just really don't like ugly. <laughs> I feel like yeah. that's like a... It's a scripture thing, but I don't know. But, like, they say God doesn't like ugly. Well, I've seen ugly. I, like, grew up in the hood, and that's ugly. Yeah. It's just mad, sad, angry, depressed. Back yeah. back. Like, there's people that are at, at their lowest. They're not bad people, but it's just you kids on kids and dysfunction on dysfunction. It's like it's like the girl that got molested and also didn't have parents is having a kid. You know what I mean? So then you're like, okay, that person's going to raise their kid around all these other people that have been through crazy hardship and dysfunction and you know some of it they want it and some don't you know what i mean like sometimes you're just born into that yeah you know what i mean i know this is really heavy right now i'm sorry but um but like i appreciate that i always did that when i was young i would stand up for kids in school that would get bullied or picked on and whatever because i just like knew hardship i knew like people would look at me and they're like I was a dirty yeah. little kid. I, I spoke ugly. I used too many cuss words. I hated everything. I was angry. Like, I didn't want to even, like, I was rude. You know what I mean? Like, that, And you know what? So was I. And that's why I'm so hard on him because I, it, like, a part of me was, like, the biggest asshole and I got in fights and I was a fucking dickhead little kid. Yeah. And another part of me growing up was also, like, picked on and, and didn't like bullies and didn't like seeing, like, it's just this weird dichotomy that I had going on. So... What I try and instill on them is, is like, be better than I was growing yeah. up. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a little fucking asshole. Like, if you see somebody trying, I don't care if you're at a skate park or it has nothing to even do with skating. Like, if you see something trying and they fail, don't fucking dog them for it. Don't laugh at them. Cause you don't know. That, by laughing at this kid, that could, like, and this sounds silly, but it's also very true. Like, that could cause some, like, fucked up shit mentally for this little boy. It could prevent him from trying again, for all we know. No, it does. It does. You know what I mean? Like, like, it does happen like that. I see that all the time. That's why I like teaching skateboard lessons, because I make sure I introduce everyone to the new people. I'm like, these people love skating like us. Say hi. Like, this is my friend. Like, meet this person when we do skate lessons, you know? We gotta I, come, dude, we gotta, I gotta come out there and bring bring my boys so they can oh, take dude. some of your lessons. If maybe. they come out here, I'll give them the full tour. Seriously. Or... I'll, the whole thing, man. It'll be amazing. I'll, I'll be selfish, and I'll just fly you out here. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, then, and then you can give them lessons at the park, and then you and I can go hang out, and we'll go skate or whatever. Dude, you'll have to be in the lessons, though. We're doing... I have a... I bring, like... <laughs> everybody i had westgate do a lesson with me like because i had some some little dudes that were doing it and i was like west yeah. you want to want to start off with the lessons and i we all center balance we went through the whole skate park i showed them like all the ramps i introduced them to people we like put our hands on the ground and like this is how you fall safely like just play like i got that's so bad like everyone's got to do it <laughs> it's the funnest fucking thing um we were going back I, i'm i'm trying to remember what i was going to say we were talking about children oh uh yeah what I was saying is I appreciate you doing that because 
that really does affect people, you know? It really does. Yeah. It takes character to not laugh at someone, you know? Like, because it's so easy just to be, like, better or act better or to be, like, turn it into something funny or whatever. And you just, it just takes character to have some restraint and try to help someone up. Even if they look like a clown and they're, like, you know, even if there's someone you don't like. And it's, like, it just takes strength and character to, like not try to push them down further, you know? Well, no one if I, wants, no one wants to be like that. Like what I was talking about in the hood and all that stuff. Yeah. None of those people want to be like that. They all had they all were born into this world and probably had little dreams where they're like, I wanna be the knight in shining armor, I wanna grow and be successful and do this like no one wants to be ugly and mean and or, or like no one wants to fall down all the time and be Hell no. All well, that, here here to go even deeper. Yeah. And I'll I'll go ahead and put my son on blasting. Because <laughs> I know he'll, he won't listen to this, but yeah. it's you're not. I mean, it just means you're doing a good job as a father. I think well, no, here, it has to have that lesson, you know. Well, no, no, no. I'm gonna put him on. I'm gonna put him on blast even more. Here's here's why. And him and I talked about this. Here's why he laughed is because he, and this goes for everyone, not just him. Yeah, was in, insecure about something himself that was going on. Yeah, and that's, that, that's, that's why I that, laughed too. That came out by him laughing at that kid, and what we ended up talking about in the car ride home is what he was insecure about is he's still learning how to fucking push, yeah. whereas my, my four-year-old pushes just fine. Yeah, like, yeah. my oldest, he, he can drop in on banks, he can do all this shit, but he cannot, for the life of him, just fucking basic push. Yeah. And I think, in some weird way, that manifested itself into laughing at this kid who was who was fallen trying this trick down this this box and if I can get my son that something I didn't learn until maybe six years ago that the reason why you're putting out negative or the reason why you're laughing at someone else or the reason why you feel inferior to this person is because internally you're really insecure about X Y Z whatever fill in the blank thing is you know yeah yeah, yeah. I've been there we've been there we all been there and that's the part of the life and experience you got to go through to to understand it like. There's no rule book, and they, you know, the rule books they say we have are contradicting. I'm <laughs> going back to religion. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, here's the set of rules, and then they fucking molest children. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Where did yeah, dude. It's, it's human beings, dude. They fuck everything up. <laughs> Let me look at my list real quick, Chris. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, this is this is rad. Oh, I wanted to ask you about politics. I don't want. We don't have to go deep into it. But do you vote? <laughs> I've I've never voted a day in my life. Me neither. <laughs> is that pessimistic? Is that sad? Not part of the system? Who knows? I used to get all kinds of shit growing up, and I'd have older generations like seriously pissed off when I would say that. Like, I don't vote. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you you know people die for your right to vote? Like, I, yeah, I get that. Trust me, I'm not I'm not downplaying that one bit. But I don't trust enough in the fucking system yeah. to vote. I don't believe, dude, when I, like, it's not about being unintelligent, like, I follow politics, and I read shit, and I study, and whatever, whatever, and it's like, I can't get past, maybe it's my own shortcoming, but I can't get past voting for a particular candidate, and I'm talking about the big dog shit, the little stuff, I'm starting to, like, I'm probably going to vote in my local stuff here soon, but the big shit, when you have these mega corporations and and lobbyists and and just the whole stew pot that is fucking politics it's tough to believe that your vote actually matters and it's also tough to believe and this is 
this is probably fucked up to say is I don't trust my fellow man to vote either. So how human folly. I was going to say you already said that earlier. Yeah. So how am I going to like, okay, well, it's one vote. And but when you equal it up, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, if if somebody could have if we can't trust it in religion, our moral compass, how are we going to trust it in business and like <laughs> money? <laughs> yeah, dude, in the past 20 years, maybe 30 and this has taken all politics. I think the slight edge that a lot of the candidates that won, whether it's being president or whatever, what they had is they knew how to market themselves. They know how to to speak clearly. They knew they knew how to read a room. Like they're on a those, soapbox. Those aren't fucking skills to to figure out problems or, or balance the budget or you know what I mean. Those are like if you want to be a fucking movie star, you have those skills, but. Those are also, unfortunately, the skills that gets people into the voting booths that vote. And for all we know, this this politician could have had the best intentions of the world, but ended up being the most shittiest politician in history. But because they were so good on a microphone and so good on TV, they got voted into office. Do you that, think, that's where I have like a – do you, you know what I mean? Do you think um, the internet and social media is is going to change – politics in that sense because it, it already has look at obama yeah because there's going to be more transparency as we move forward so i mean unless they're are they going to have people making fake i guess obama obama isn't on his instagram or on his personal like no but just just obama and michelle alone have have used the internet and social media as a whole to fucking they they really used it you know what i mean yeah, like as a tool yeah as a tool it, like when they were they were uh trying to get the votes in the beginning if they're going like getting an email list and and writing emails to their people and michelle making um she she makes these like little videos i don't know if she puts them out on instagram or what but like they're using these freaking tools you know what i mean yeah. that as it was starting to to happen when social media came out politicians corporations they didn't want to be on it because it wasn't quote-unquote professional it wasn't it didn't it, it exposed too much of what the real politician or corporation or whatever thing was yeah people were afraid to use social media yeah. now it's like we're in a weird period it's just in life in humanity where the internet and social media and all this other stuff like who the fuck knows like who knows what's going to happen i'll, I'll give rp a shout out uh i told him I think we said it on on our show, on my show when he was on it. And if this was an unrecorded conversation, then I'm fucking sorry, but whatever. Like, <laughs> he wanted to run for. Oh, yeah. uh, he talked about yeah. fun. Yeah. I go, bro. The second you actually like start doing it, let let Lacey and I know, and yeah. we're gonna fucking do a podcast for you. We'll drive down there because we're not far from him. Only a couple hours, like. You will. We want to make you the fucking first politician with his own podcast. Why? Because that is just another outlet to have people hear and listen to you. That is that's just another outlet to build an audience. Like if you go on talk shows, if you go on radio interviews, if you go on all this other shit, you're kind of well not censored, but like you're 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 succumb to their agenda. Yep. If you build your own platform over here, especially podcasting, and you're able to talk to somebody for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, hour plus, like our, I think our shows are really long, yeah. like, and that's okay, right? Like, I love it. 
if, if you're able to do that as a fucking politician, like imagine the damage you could, the good damage that you could do. We should demand that of our leaders. We should demand that of people. Well, have a want, podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, if people want to take power and want to be in power position, we should know them. We should know them inside and out. Authenticity. We should know their intentions. Because like, that's what I'm saying about now with our leaders is I don't, you don't really know their, you don't know. You, they could have been bred from seven different George Bushes and they were in a dungeon, like a product to come out and like be a politician. You know what I mean? Like that's not human. I think uh, of the people that, if you want to wield power, you have to prove that you're okay with that. You know, you're not going to abuse it. You're there. For, you got to, uh, intent and authenticity. That, right? That you got to be really fucking good at it. Here's the thing. If Scrooge McDuck was good, good, good one. I like if, if Scrooge McDuck was put into a position where he had to have had to handle the I don't know the Treasury Department or crush or, it or something. Yeah, the biggest negative scumbag on planet Earth is also really fucking good with money, right? Like I'm willing to forego again as long as he doesn't like beat women or abuse children or like you know what I mean like. He could be the Kyle biggest Horn. fucking yeah. He could be the biggest dirtbag and the most negative fucking person on planet Earth. But if that gnarly with money, why shouldn't he be allowed to to handle the finances of the country? Wait, you just blew my mind. Hold on, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got to make sure that he ha- he's not trying to fuck anyone though. That's the key. No, but, the bankings. <laughs> true, but but Scrooge McDuck already has a track record of being a, a a negative prick, but also really good with his money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as far as I know, in my knowledge of DuckTales and, and just cartoons, he he wasn't, he was never indicted for embezzlement. No. He never commingled, he never commingled funds. Imagine he, those episodes, he's getting indicted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kids That's the after like, hours. What the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? He's just a, an astute freaking businessman, right? He may be an asshole, but he's a good businessman. Yeah. Like that's that's the type of of people I'd I'd rather have in politics. I'd rather have the the one that knows that he needs to have a podcast or a platform and know and and would on his own think Wants I should to. probably talk about X Y and Z. You know what I mean? Yeah, the people that like want to raise their voice and they want to they want to share authenticity and share themselves. Like I'm not, I don't want to be in politics, but <laughs> no fucking way. But yeah. uh, people that want that power and that platform, like you gotta like show everything because like you're gonna speak for thousands, you're gonna speak for millions of people. Like it's incredible yeah. power. It's like you should want to show that you're not crazy and that you can like talk and like. Person, you're human. You should want to show your human side. We never had that. We don't have that. We don't have that now, I guess, right? But you got to be good at it, too. I agree. I, you know what I think is if we it's crazy to have one team, like the president in his cabin, you know what I mean? Like the power should be dispersed more. It should be, uh, you know, communities like the state. State, I like state laws and state like that. Like, uh, state power is fucking awesome. Like, the, the <laughs> Community should rise up, you know, as well. <laughs> hippie, hippie shit. All right, one sec. I, oh, you know what I wanted to bring up? I don't know if you look at the Ride Channel at all. I don't know if you ever go there. But, uh, dude, they have... And, and I don't even know why I want to bring this up, just because I'm gossiping, I guess. I don't fucking know. But Keelan Dad and Steven Fernandez and, like, some sexual ex- 
exploitating like like twelve year old or something. I don't know if you've seen it on the Ride Channel. Like they got arrested for some no. seedy, for some seedy shit. And then like there was blasting. It. I never never seen nothing really like that in skateboarding. Like uh, teams. Yeah, but weren't they doing some seedy shit? Like aren't they always involved in seedy shit? Yeah, I'm like super confused. I was like reading the articles and I like made my late my lady read it and tell me what was going on basically. And I was like, this is weird. This is going on in skateboarding. It's like TMZ, but it's like real life shit. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I want to say they were. I read something on maybe I think it was like Jankum. Yeah, they're involved in some shit back in the dude. There's been TMZ shit going back to like before we even knew anything. Like the whole Ryan Fabry. Sean Sheffield's yeah, yeah. wife thing, all that. Maybe it's weird because it's the social media we're talking. Now, exactly, it's the internet age. Now it's it's exposed. It's you know everywhere. I mean? Yeah, and that was weird to me. I was like, holy shit, these dudes are like up for some real shit, and it's like on this website, and they're just blasting these like titles. <laughs> things. I gotta I gotta read it. No. I yeah, haven't. just go to the right channel. It's all over that place. But I, I either I either get all my news from Twitter or uh, Jankum. I think, yeah, Jankum's sick as fuck. Uh, Twitter's dope, too. But uh, I think what's blowing my mind about it is, like, there's, like, real-time updates on the website. It's like... What? Ke- Keelan's dad, like, Honey Brand got dropped from Zoomies and, like, all these titles. And I'm like... I'm like... It's like it's like having Twitter, I guess, but, like, they just update all the time. I'm like, this never happened like this in skateboarding. Like, we had to wait for magazines to come out to know who switched teams. Like, what the team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we got, like... TMZ gossip. I guess Jeremy Rogers started that one too. I remember he he was like doing drugs on rooftops and TMZ's following him and shit like that. That's just so crazy to me. <laughs> or or when uh, Chad Musco was hanging out with Paris Hilton or some oh, shit. Yeah. That was like the beginning. beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like spray painting a wall and he got arrested. I don't I don't remember. Like, I, I guess that's like crossing into pop culture. Yeah. That's what yeah. we say. <laughs> Um, okay, I guess I want to, last, I guess before we go, I want to talk about the podcast, because we haven't even really talked about it, you and the and I want to ask you, people, like, have literally listened to this entire episode, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy that he's talking to? Why is he on this show? No, because my intros, I record the intros after, Uh, Okay. okay, okay. I'm like, Chris is on, he has his own podcast, but they're going to listen to your whole character and who you are, and then they're going to get to why you do your podcast. Hopefully. Or how did it start? Here's the thing. I went to uh, that company that I worked for that I absolutely loved got bought out, as I mentioned. Yeah. Um, I went to Italy for like three weeks, four weeks, something like that. Fucking sick. And I came back and my life was completely changed. And that sounds silly, but it, that's what it took to get me out of the corporate machine that I've been in for five years that I loved. And I, you know, I, I still respect, but I was like, I need to do something for myself again. I need to, to work for myself. I need to, like, I don't know what it is. I need to be creative. I just, I was just bursting at the seams. I'm listening to podcasts this entire time to try and keep my mind right and, and whatever. And through a friend of a friend of a friend or however it happened, I found some guy that was making at the time like $10,000 a month from podcasting. And I go, what the fuck? Like, so I listened to his show and I was like, if that asshole, he's not an asshole. I go, if that asshole could make 10,000 a month doing that, like I could fucking do that. And it's super creative and blah, 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 blah. And I've always loved talk radio and just all this. Right. So started the show. I, I, 
titled it the Chris Cerrone Show originally because I couldn't think of a better name. It's a and, good fucking name. It's a good and, fucking name. And I and I started interviewing like just entrepreneurs and business people. And three months into it, the show's about two years old now. Three months into it, I strong arm and convinced uh, my best friend Lacey to be a guest. Because she's just, a, you know, Lacey, she's just such an amazing person. Like, so outgoing and like, she, uh, she doesn't hold back. I love it. No. And, and and we referenced that you and I were at that taco place for like four hours. She was there with us in the thick of it, too. Like, she, Lacey's just an amazing person. So. Yeah, real recognize real. I recognize the same tenacity and like, yeah. So I, I, wanted, I wanted her on. Not, I mean, she's had, a, and you can look her up. She's had a lot of bougie titles. She did a lot of amazing shit in her life, and I didn't want her to have her on because of that. I wanted to have her on because of who she was as, as a person. I wanted our conversations that we had at Starbucks and lunch. I wanted that on the show. Right. She did so good, and we clicked so much that immediately after, I was like, "You have to fucking just do this with me, please. Like, please, like." You've got to do this with me. And she became a, a full-time co-host. And the, the Chris Cerrone show became the Cerrone show. We dropped the Chris. Um, and she, she definitely, like, you could tell when a woman's in the house because, like, art, my artwork got cleaned up. And now I have professional artwork. And, like, just things started, like, looking better. You had and, to do the dishes. And the- yeah, like, <laughs> she, we, we've been together, you know. Like I said, the show is about two years old. I only did it by myself three months out of that. She was there. Fuck, I'm bad at math. Whatever it is. Yeah. Nine, you know, a year and nine months she's, she's been on there with me, mm. um, which transformed into us starting our own uh, agency and us doing, you know, all these like side things that we do. We, we do it together. And that's that's basically what I do. I interview uh, amazing, cool people. Like I said, originally business entrepreneurs, but now we just interview fucking rad people that that we like, you know. Yeah, that's sick. If you want to hear an amazing episode, go to Sorrentia.com and uh, scroll down and hit podcast episodes. You'll find a gentleman by the name of Anthony Shetler, gotcha. um, and, and we had an amazing. You <laughs> I was like waiting. I was gonna write it down. <laughs> no, like we had an amazing episode, you and I, and I. I have a bunch of like cool people on, and and we tie it into business, uh, like you know, a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, you were on the show. For the most part, we just try to have really good, open, intelligent conversations. Yeah, that's what that's what we tried to do, and it's I think we succeeded. Because in the, in one year. I think we had like two million downloads or something in one year. Amazing. And the show is just like, it's it's had a mind of its own now. It's not even like my show or her show. It's like it's its own thing. Like Black Star is Talib Kweli and Mos Def. Like the Sarone show is Lacey and Chris. You know, Black Star shining, shining. We in the house. Black Star. (laughs) Yeah, like Black Star. It's its own entity. You know what I mean? Like I love I love that Talib was referenced twice in here. Like Talib and 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 Mos Def, who I don't know what is he now, Yazim Bay or some yeah, shit. Yeah, Yazim Bay, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Like they're their own entities, and they 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 come together and they form Black Star. Like that's silly as that sounds. Like the Sarone show is is Lacey and I. If I'm gone, take the fucking fact that my last name is part of the show. Like that's not even about it anymore. 
if it's just Lacey, it's not the Cerrone show. If it's just Chris, it's not the Cerrone show. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, I really like the chemistry, and you guys balance each other so well. It actually makes me want to have... I, I've had girls on in the past, but I, I haven't had, like, a, a girl skateboarder. I had a professional pole dancer on, Samantha Starr. She's awesome. And... uh <laughs> She kills it. What up, Star? She probably won't even listen to this. <laughs> I'll just send it to her. <laughs> Maybe she listened to my podcast. I don't know. I haven't seen her yeah. in a long time. But uh, I want to have on a prof- like a professional girl skateboarder because I haven't. Dude, that would I I would want of course Alyssa Steamer because she's oh, from my oh. era and I just have mad respect for her. But like even like the newer girls like uh, Letitia. Yeah, Letitia would be sick. You know what I mean? Like how rad would that be? And and no, going back to. Nora Vasconcellos, too, I want to ask her, because she's from this area. I'm going to ask her to come on as well. I want that little chick with the the fairy costume doing a heel flip down the three-story. <laughs> that, that video went viral, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to interview that chick. She's probably in some like hood in South America doing heel flips in a fairy costume. Like, Good on her, dude. That's <laughs> fucking rad. She had the flick with that heel flip, though. <laughs> and then rolls away like a boss. But I want to give, actually, Lacey a fat shout-out. Um, just because with the whole skateboarding thing, like, here, here's what I've learned about Lacey and my relationship with her and just in life in general like when you're working with another individual whether it's a co-host on a podcast or a business partner and and I'm talking male and female whatever like when you guys not only get each other but also have the ability to let go and also have the ability to let your partner be themselves like that's where that's what people hear when we get complimented like you guys are so great together blah 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 it's because we have complete trust in the other person and we let the other person be themselves even if we may not have have gone in the direction that they chose or whatever or said a certain thing or whatever it is like if we have the ability from the other side to to kind of step back and be like no this is who they are let them be and and trust in the process whatever like fuck talk about forming like voltron dude like that's what Lacey and i did and and dude we have our ups and downs and we fight and all that but like with the whole skateboarding aspect and she look she's down she she was talking about skateboarding with us remember she knew pros and stuff like that but like oh she can hang for sure oh hell yeah but she allowed me to inject skateboarding as much as possible into the podcast, just as I let her inject dance as much as she wants into the podcast. Yeah, and which, which leads me to why that's why I want to have her come on because I want to talk more about dance with her. And I thought it would be cool if like you came on and we did the skateboarding and and then I had her on with the dancing and then we had you both on together because then it's that like would be, that would be dope. Yeah, it's like you get to see the the flavors separate, and then you get to see them when you mix them up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and what what <laughs> what people hear is that, and also what they hear is how we ex- and you could vouch for us how we exactly are when we're not recording a show. Yeah, we are the exact same people. One hundred percent. The same conversation we had today is what we had at the at No Problemo, and Lacey was spot on she was so cool and authentic and real and like it's i notice when i meet other real people it's fucking awesome you meet someone you're like ah like i recognize this is awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's comforting it's like a warm blanket dude and that is literally in my opinion the silver bullet to fucking succeeding at anything that you want is being yourself and being authentic and being real that's it like seriously and i'm not saying like 
you know, be real like some fucking hard gangster. Like, I'm keeping it real. Like, no, just be your fucking self, dude. You know what I mean? Like, don't try and put some kind of filter because you're in a boardroom or in a back alley or in a fucking skate shop or in some dance studio. Like, just be the same person that you are everywhere. And, th- and that's it. Life will be so much easier. Yeah, you'll come across way less roadblocks and way less resistance. You'll be a little happier. Yeah. It's a process. we got to learn it. Everyone's got to learn it. It's th- it doesn't come without experimenting and making mistakes and, and just not giving up. Just keep trying and you find – you'll f- first of all, the hardest part is finding who you are, you know? Yep. It's scary. And then once you find who you are, you change and then that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy and that happens throughout life. It's like – Unless you stick yourself in one paradigm, you're like, I'm this dude, I'm fucking the, Bob the accountant. I have no other sides to me. Like, yep. then that's a miserable existence. There's so much to this fucking show <laughs> that you're gonna miss out on. Like, just let the freak flags wave <laughs> and just be whatever. Same with politicians. I want you to be professional and great at what you do, but you can show character and all this stuff. You don't have to just argue with motherfuckers all the time and compete and try to tear each other down. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's what it is. It's like, that's what they're doing to win our affection. <laughs> I don't get it. Who wants yeah. more? Who wants what more? We should want to work together. Like, who wants to be a politician more than the next politician? What the fuck are you guys arguing about? We're supposed to be fixing the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Well, it's the money grab. It still floors me, man. Still it, floors me. In my opinion, the the people that do the, that could do the most damage are the ones that aren't even in politics. It's the ones that go on to build industries and companies and corporations or whatever. And like they can I, control the whole shit. Huh? They can control the whole shit. And I am. Everyone is. It's so popular now to say anti-government or anti-not government, anti like big corporations. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like. You d- don't fucking knock big corporations at all. It's not the, it's not the quote unquote big corporations' fault that a couple assholes got into it and now they're doing it for their own personal thing. Like you could easily build your own fucking big corporation and do some gnarly damage. Just look at Zappos and Tony Shea. Yeah. Like I don't know enough about him personally, so you know if, if anybody writes in and be like he he fucking beats babies, like fuck <laughs> you. Like I don't know. All I know is this guy built a massive company called zappos moved his entire operation what is that sorry to cut you off but what is zappos zappos is like the largest online they're like they they sell shoes online okay yeah i think i know i know they're like the largest online retailer for like shoes and other shit they're fucking huge yeah and he moved his entire operations to downtown Las Vegas, and he started to create jobs, and he built this thing called the Container Park, and he's given small businesses loans. And, you know, East Fremont, where you used to be able to get a blowjob while you're sucking on a crack pipe and buying a switchblade, like, you can't do that anymore down there. Good old there because, days. Good old days. Yeah, the good old days, man. <laughs> I miss those days. But, like, you, you can't do that anymore. Why? Because a guy who built a big corporation has decided to do something good for, a, you know, for I don't want to say for a change, but he decided to do something good, and he's changing the complete landscape of an entire fucking city, which is Las Vegas. I'm not talking about Boise, Idaho, not 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 knocking Boise, or or some like small ass town. Like Vegas is fucking huge, yeah. That's... In terms of like what you control and all this other shit, and this guy's doing it. So if you want to blame a lot of like these big corporations that are in bed with these politics, blah 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 blah, like. Okay, fine, but on the flip side, I challenge you to fucking build something big. I challenge you to fucking grow an industry or be a captain of an industry. And instead of, you know, being like some of these assholes 
that are currently out there doing what they're doing, do something good. If you believe in this, then either fucking go make it happen or build something that allows you to make it happen. Yeah, the problem. Now I'm just rambling at this point, but you, I think no, you get what I'm saying. I totally, I get it. The process works is what you're saying, but people just want to focus on some, someone else. You know what I mean? It's like, just be a part of it and go for it and fucking... Stop, yeah, stop complaining about big government. Stop complaining about, you know, big fucking corporation. Like, for the same reason why I don't bitch about who's in, in office is because I know I don't vote. I can't fuck. I don't contribute. So how am I going to bitch? Yeah, I'm not. I haven't earned the right to bitch because I don't fucking vote. Yeah. Now, if I voted and I fucking donated my time to a campaign and I started getting involved and I whatever, right, in politics, then I have every right to, to fucking complain because I'm trying to be part of the solution, not just sitting on the wayside being a fucking wallflower. You know, I, I think um, I think like I've, I've heard this somewhere. It's like a good idea takes like one generation to sink in. So like the people have to die off. So the next generation with a new idea can like in- immerse into the, the culture and take over, you know. So like. Yeah, I think what a lot of that bitching and complaining is, is looking at the old way of doing things, the old like the old what we what we did to get here looking at that and being like oh, i could do it way better or you could do it better so you're critiquing it it's like instead of just critiquing just fucking do what you do exactly. <laughs> just go very simple yeah like just go do it like create it and try to you know what i mean like just being angry doesn't do anything <laughs> i i hated the fact that every businessy entrepreneurial type podcast was being hosted by fucking plastic people or people with hidden agendas. I'm being serious too. Like yeah. I hated the fact that, that that sliver of the podcast industry was so fucking fake and salesy and just so full of shit. So that when I started the show and even more when Lacey joined, like we wanted to create something that wasn't fake, wasn't plastic, wasn't fucking all about shoving some product down your throat or you know, some uh, secret agenda of ours that we're trying to fucking change. Like, no, dude. We wanted a show that wasn't edited, that was really fucking long, because all the shows still are, are kind of short. Because yeah. people, they need their business information, and then poop, out. Like, no. The greatest part of an interview usually happens about the 40-minute mark. Yeah, I say the same thing every time. And then after that, then it really starts to get good. So it's- if you, you know, like, that. so that's, instead of fucking bitching about the podcast out there, Part of why we created it was also like to be a part of the solution because we know that there's people out there that have longer attention spans. We know there's people out there that have a half-grown beard or wear hats or T-shirts, and you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like, like we both do have right now hats and beards. Like, we know You're a that handsome-looking man though. <laughs> we know that there's real fucking people out there who could potentially make a couple mil a year, but they're they're wearing Vans shoes and they're fucking. You know, they're driving whatever or they're riding on a skateboard. It's not all about a fucking tie in a suit and some marketing tactic. Look at fucking Fred Van Shee, dude. Like, I love Fred. He's a man. I fucking love Fred. I could I could probably I could probably devote two full episodes on on Jim and on Fred. And I usually I usually always refer to those two. But Fred in particular, Fred is not from this country. Nope. He has long hair. Yep. He, he wears a hood sweatshirt every fucking where he goes. Looks um, like a thirteen-year-old skate rat. He looks like what I. He does. Hood over my head, like just did fucking. Absolutely. 
And the guy is fucking sharp, and he's intelligent, and he's got the biggest goddamn heart I've ever seen in my life, especially in skateboarding. He knows his shit, and he does nothing. Dude, he helps people. Like, dude, I again, I, I'm, I'm getting like trumped up here because like I fucking love Fred so much because he's he's the perfect epitome of the person that I want to talk to. I want to talk to the guy who knows his shit and is successful and is smart and loves life and is into business and marketing but looks like a 13-year-old skate rat. Yeah, that's fucking rad. You know what I mean? Like that's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to the the fucking plumber that has this amazing idea that he's building some trinket in his garage that he still works a full-time job, but he's also 60 pounds overweight and he doesn't know which fucking salad fork to use. And you know what I mean? Like those are the people I want to talk to. I want to talk to that dude. I want to talk to that dude, that same plumber that fucking loves his kids inside and out and says hi to his neighbor and helps the old lady change her tire who's working on this little trinket of an idea in his garage because he just wants to make money so he can fucking enjoy life like yeah that's that's the people i'm talking to yeah that's the raddest i agree i think podcast is good for that i enjoy podcasts it's uh, i guess we'll end it on that but i enjoy podcasts it's like such a good way to to know someone and to know just to get to know someone if you want it, you can use it. It's a fucking tool. You know what I mean? Like, so I say this everywhere I go. It's our own communication, though. It's not censored. Like, if you go on MTV, they're going to tell you. You know what I mean? You're going to go on whatever. They're going to tell you these rules and you're going to be this. But if it's free, independent voices, you know? Well, not only that. I'll say this and then I'll shut up. No, go ahead. There's something very romantic about being in somebody's ears for a certain amount of time. When you know that this person pervert you is listening, <laughs> I am from Vegas. If, when you know this person is listening to you, another uncomplete, undivided attention. Even if you're doing dishes while you're listening, you still are the only thing in their ear talking. Yeah. Like there's something fucking magical about that for on both sides. There's something romantic about it for me and there's something magical about it for that person and then the the connection that it makes like i don't know of another medium as small as podcasting still is i don't know of another medium that could provide that it's not youtube it's not tv it's not radio it's not any of that shit right now in this date and time and that could change for all we know but right now it's fucking podcasting you can you can do it while you're doing something and you can still you know what i mean like you can you can't watch tv and like do stuff really it's hard to really focus but you can listen to someone yeah while you do stuff you know you can really take in a conversation um i agree man and i think i like what you said how it's not it's still not big dude i think about that all the time i have a bunch of podcasts but it's like there's so many different expressions and flavors and channels and ideas and like concepts there's so much shit to learn about like dude if someone starts a pole dancing podcast i'm checking that out because my lady's into it if someone starts a fucking skateboard one i'm checking it out a plumber pulls up and starts talking about why he likes plumbing and what he's doing with it i'm gonna check it out i want to know and experience and learn and grow take in all that information and data and it's like so many people we have so much free time that we could be expanding our thoughts and minds and and feeling and, and relating with each other even if we're not actually meeting each other you know like it's a way to podcasting right to... now. What's that? I was gonna. I'm sorry to interrupt. Podcasting right now, this era is skateboarding in the early '90s. Damn. We're we're small, and we're fucking scatterbrained. Yeah. And there's all these fucking shows coming out of the woodwork. Just like there was all these board companies coming out of the woodwork. Like podcasting now is where skateboarding was at in the early '90s. Yeah. 
It's beautiful. It's a purest form of expression. So, like, if you had a brand or you have something that you want to share, it's the most authentic. It's not controlled by anyone, and it, you can do it however you want. You don't have to have, like, any rules. Like, you could yeah. fucking, you could swear, you can not swear, you can have any format. Just be consistent. If you're going to put it out once a week, put it out once a week. Yep. <laughs> That's the best dude, thing. It's skateboarding in the early 90s, is <laughs> it not? You literally put out whatever you want. Yeah, I do whatever you want. I should start a podcasting video magazine. Damn, like like four and one pod one one. Yeah, play the same theme, all that shit. Well, fuck it, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. No, thank you. This was absolutely amazing, and I, dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your show, dude. You know I'm a listener because I'll fucking text you after almost every episode, like. I do it, and same goes to you, man. I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you, and it's been rad getting to know you, and I'm stoked to just have a friend, you know. It's cool. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. Experience rocking with the reflection.